0: In by Rideout over the top. Schmeichel with a wonder save. Posted again and a good one. And on it down. A wonderful save by Schmeichel. You won't find a better save anywhere than that. It was past him and he got it away.
1: Schmeichel! He's playing
2: the goal. Two international breaks here in a decisive moment in an FA Cup semi-final replay. Bergkamp and Schmeichel. And-
3: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United podcast. I am delighted to say I am joined by David May, Alex Bruce, who's a new member of our pod team.
0: Pleased to be here. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you.
3: You are here um, because you actually know this person quite well, especially in your childhood.
0: Obviously worked with dad for a number of years and he was our next door neighbour as well for Mm -hmm. for even a large amount of time in Bramall, so yeah.
3: So you must know a lot of secrets about him then? Yeah.
0: Would well, be interesting to see which ones come out,
3: <laughs> and a former teammate of yours, of yep. course, Maisie,
0: best
1: keeper I played with by far, best keeper probably to ever play between the sticks. He's always number one when you do any any polls in the Premier League. Best goalkeeper by far, also Alex used to say, he'd save you 10-12 points a mm-hmm. season, and he would, mm-hmm. phenomenal.
3: Will we get some good stories out of him? Do you think?
1: Uh, I'm hoping so. Yeah, fingers crossed. Just have to see. I have to have a listen.
3: What was your best memory with him or of him?
1: Of him, just some of the saves he made. Just, you know, whenever he, any player broke through the back four, saves he would make. And you're like, wow, mm-hmm. how on earth have you done that? And he, even in training, just a, 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 I mean, Bruce will tell you, you know, keepers nowadays, you have 10, 15 shots and then the change. Big Pete would do it for half an hour mm. and it would be absolutely flying in the top corner, bottom corner. Absolute genius as, as a goalkeeper,
0: really was.
3: Was he a good neighbour?
0: Depends what side of bed he woke up on, really. <laughs> um, no, on the whole, he was good. He was uh, obviously always out in the street playing football with us and stuff, which was obviously... Must have been
3: so weird for the other neighbours <laughs> who <we> just <laughs> saw <laughs> Steve Bruce, Peter Schmeichel yeah. and you two on the street. And do you know
0: something? Remember his massive long throw as well? He yeah. used to stand at the top of the street where we lived and used to lob the ball all the way down the bottom of the estate and we were in amazement how far he could throw it that was one of my uh, my earliest memories
3: whilst we are waiting the arrival of peter i must say if you do hear noise throughout this episode uh we are in a box at old trafford and next door there is some work going on uh so if you can hear some (sighs)
1: sanding down background Yeah.
3: yeah that is what it is so i am excited for this one I'm delighted to say we are joined by Peter Schmeichel. How are you? I'm
2: good. How are you? Good. 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 Thank
3: you. Alex Bruce is here too. Going to be throwing in a few questions for us. Yep. And Maisie. How are you, Maisie?
1: I'm okay, mate. How are you?
3: Yes, I'm fine. Thank you.
1: Good. Good night's sleep, was it,
3: last night? I did have a good night's sleep, actually, because... How does that work out? Johnny did the night shift.
1: The night shift. (laughs) huh? He's going soft. He is. Listen... Sound of laughs. It was away. It's good for
3: They're him. In hotels, Keeps him on the edge. Um, firstly, Peter, uh, welcome back to Old Trafford. Thank you. Uh, welcome to our podcast. Do you listen to podcasts? I do. Do you listen to our podcast? I do. Do you? Yeah. Good answer. What podcasts oh. do you like? Scorses.
2: yeah. Scorses was very good. I really very enjoyed honest. that. Yeah. Is, um. It's it's so funny with him, and and you you know this as well as I do. He never said anything in the dressing room. He would never <laughs> speak to the media. Nothing. He was asked, and he said, "Nope, not for me." And now, you know, he can't stop can't, talking. Can't, can't shut <laughs> he's up. everywhere, and he, he's not holding back. But he's not holding back, being stupid. He's just you know being honest and making sense. And I mean, we're not mentioning any names here, but there are few people out there not holding back but being very stupid. But not Scalzi.
3: No, it's a very very good podcast. enjoyed that one. Uh, We are, of course, at Old Trafford, like I said. It is the Friday before Sunday's Manchester Derby. Is that why you're over? Are you here to watch it? No,
2: no, I'm here because I'm doing the podcast.
3: Just for us? Yes. Are you going to catch the Derby, though?
2: I am. I'm I'm also working on it. Um, So I'm doing bits and bobs. We we launched a couple of weeks back. We launched uh, Old Trafford as a Lego set. So I'm doing something in uh, the Lego store in Manchester tonight. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the match on, on mm-hmm. Sunday. And then we might see each other on I, Monday I because know. it's Leicester, Aston yeah. Villa. <laughs> Come on, Leicester. <laughs> Come on, Leicester.
3: <laughs> so where do you currently live? You're back in Denmark, is that right?
2: I'm back in Denmark, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been back in Denmark for 13 years, I think. So we, we, that was in... That was a situation that um uh, because it was always my plan to stay and I always wanted to stay. But with the family there were you know with Cecilia she was going she was in a school in Denmark and she wanted to stay and we thought she was too young and there were certain other things. I worked quite a lot in Denmark at the time. So uh made the decision of uh, of moving back and um you know moving over here and moving back. It's two ma- massive things so mm-hmm. um Thankfully, the world is not bigger than you know. You can yeah. just jump on an airplane and come back. And Casper still lives here, so I kind of have a home here if if uh, if I need to uh, need to have that. So,
3: do you stay with him when you can move? I I do, yeah. Do you get your babysitting duties in?
2: Uh, they they are, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> I know where she's coming from. <laughs> How old are they?
3: Mine. Yeah, <laughs> just got too many. Five, three, and. Newborn. Zero. <laughs>
2: Newborn, yeah, well, so, so my, my grandchildren here are thankfully uh, old enough to, not to need babysitting mm-hmm. in that sense, but it, it's really nice to, to come over and when, when, you, when you stay with, with your family the way you do when you're over, it's a different thing than just seeing the kids, the grandkids for like two, three hours, yeah. uh, so you connect much better that way and um, so I'm looking forward to that.
3: Spend some quality time with them. Uh, take us back to your childhood. Tell Pop- us where you grew up. What your life was, was like a as a child.
2: A psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> We're only starting.
1: We'll get into it. Don't worry.
2: Uh, so, what do you want to know?
3: Well, was it always football for you as a young child? Was so, that always your
2: um, main sport? It was. I mean, I was I was eight when when I sort of started to play. Um, but my, my father was uh, he was an immigrant from Poland and he was uh, he was uh, trained in um, the, the the music school in Warsaw. Uh, so for him, his kids was always going to be musicians, and so that was kind of the first bit for me was was uh, was I say being forced. I don't mean that. I should have been forced more, but but playing instruments. But then you know. All my friends started to play football, and I wanted to play football as well. And and then, I just as soon as I started, I f- I had nothing else in my head. I just wanted to play mm-hmm. all the time.
3: Always goalkeeper.
2: Always goalkeeper. I was I think I was uh, I was outfield for about five minutes, and the coach said, mm, "I think it's safer for everybody if you go and go. <laughs> and uh, I, it turned out I was quite good from an early age, and people kept saying that to me. So. I started to believe that as well, and uh, um, and yeah, I, I I saw no point in trying to trying something else.
1: When did you actually start playing football? What was your first thing? Well,
2: Casper started to play with uh, Alex in, in the street in our little cul-de-sac. Yeah. We lived either side of the cul-de-sac and at the end of the cul-de-sac, and uh, um, it was um, every day after we picked, the, picked them up from school you know, he would go straight up to his room get changed into his... We're not his about
1: Casper now. We're not about you. It's about you. It's the way he uh, talks. You, I know.
3: It sounded like he said Casper. I know, I know. I thought you said Casper. When no. did you actually... But I'm old.
1: He I'm hearing you, this when, Yeah. You're <laughs> more than <you're more laughs> Jeff, aren't you? You
2: were. Okay. Stop mumbling, by <laughs> Do, the way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, the, the question was, is like, what was your first team? <laughs> my first
2: team... You know, team, can my remember? First, you know, my first team was... was in the sort of local community club where I grew up. And... My first, my first games was in a, in, a, in a small tournament that was held during the course of one day. Um, and I can't really remember much other than we ended up in a penalty shootout and it was dark. Uh, and uh, my mother, my mother dates it for me because it was the day before my younger sister was born. Because um, she was set to, to go to hospital the next day. And she kept um, coming up. It was literally across from where we lived. She kept coming up, watching me play. Went back, rested, packed, and so, so I have a date. It's um, it's August, yeah, it's August the seventh. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. August the seventh, nineteen seventy-two. So that was my first game. Did you win? We're not going to check. I can't, I can't remember.
3: What was penalt- You said it was penalties. Yeah, I can't,
2: honestly
1: can't remember. You must have
3: saved a few.
2: I can't remember.
1: <sighs> <Honestly>. Pete, you <laughs> know, you can make this podcast really good. <laughs> Could I? Oh, yeah, yeah of you course can we won. Say, yeah, <laughs> I'll <laughs> save three. I always won. Yeah. You know,
2: what a silly question.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't often save penalties. <laughs> well, wow. couple.
3: Um, So that was your first um, first tournament, you said? That was Talked my first game. Talk to us about games. your, yeah. you, like, going through a youth system and...
2: So uh very different to um, to the system here uh, because what you do in in my country is you join a football club and then you you know you're in a team and you play from and now you can start at the age of four so there are organized teams all the way throughout even you know even when you're 65 there'll be teams in this football club that you can play in um, and that's that's what something that we value very, very highly in, in Scandinavia is this, community um, sporting um, society if you like and uh, I think we're, we in Denmark we're quite good at it the Swedes are absolutely fantastic at it they have in every little village in Sweden they have a, you know an ice hockey ring they have a bandy ring they have football pitches tennis courts swimming facilities uh, and um, hence their success in in uh, producing uh, big individuals uh, uh, athletes we, we we do quite well in uh, in uh, in keeping you know uh, people socially um, uh, connected to to these uh, football clubs and uh, you know it was parents and people that lived there there's just it was it was a nice and safe environment to to uh, to, to grow up in and across the sort of uh, complex where I lived uh, was there was a bigger club it's called gladsaxe hill and uh, it was just better better organized a bigger club the first team was playing in the divisional system in denmark uh, so they were in the league system um so i when i was i can't remember 10 11 i then joined with half my team from from my club we joined this club and i was told all the way that uh, oh my god you're so good you will play for denmark one day and that's all i wanted, to play for denmark and At the same time, everyone I played with, we have to remember we're back in the early 70s here, they were either Leeds supporters or Liverpool supporters. But for some reason, and I can't explain why, I was Manchester United. And I I always had two things in in my mind. That was I wanted to play for Denmark because everyone said, one day you'll play for Denmark. And the other thing, because we had very limited TV coverage of any kind of football other than four months of... of, uh, one game every Saturday from from England during the winter, um, but we did have the FA Cup, and it was as big an ev- TV event for us in Denmark as I then got to know mm-hmm. it is here as well. So I wanted to play the FA Cup final at Wembley for Manchester United as well. <laughs> so those were the two things I had in my in sort of the back of my head all the time. I just had nobody; nobody would support and. and and think those were ideas were good because we're in Denmark. No one no one got paid to play football in Denmark at the time. Um you can't live of being an athlete. No one in the, I mean we had we had guys, one was playing for for um for Barcelona, one was playing for Madrid. but I can't really remember anyone else at the time making money out of football. Mm. So I had to sort of, you know, I had to keep keep that sort of belief to myself and, and try to convince everybody and especially my parents that they, oh, yes, I can do this. I don't have to sit and practice the piano. I should be practicing playing football. Um, and this was something that went on in our family quite a lot. They, my parents didn't believe that you could do that. So they wanted me to have an education. They wanted me to, uh, my father wanted me to be a pianist. So um, I was pushed a lot towards That's that. one
0: thing I remember as a kid. Yeah when I went to bed I used to look out the window across the street <laughs> and I used to see him in the window playing the piano <laughs> all the time. he literally was he was unbelievable as well do you know what? I was on the way here today and my granddaughter spoke to him and I saw yeah. I was doing this yeah. and the first thing he said he could have said anything he says ask him how his piano playing is yeah. going he used to love listening to him play the piano uh,
2: I got married this summer uh, and Casper in his speech he said this that um, every, um, whenever they were put to bed and it was kind of my own time, I would always go and play the piano. Yeah. And he said, of course, the piano had to be right below my room. <laughs> and and you, you would think, and this is what you would think this was annoying, but it was kind of, it was safe, yeah, it was soothing. safe, it was yeah. safe yeah. so yeah. He actually blames me because I, I was pushed to play and I didn't enjoy that. I wanted to play football and nothing else. Uh, and I, I, I took the approach to them, my kids, that they should not be pushed. But I would provide opportunities, so they would have to teach yeah. us and stuff. Uh, but it, you know, he's he's actually blamed me, and and he means it. That uh, you know, why didn't why didn't you push me? You should have pushed me more. Um, to play piano. To play piano yeah. or guitar or whatever, you know. The drums as well. You were good at and the drums, drums yeah. I remember, you were flashing hell out of
0: them drums, <laughs> <laughs> used to keep me awake across the street. Uh. <laughs> nah, so,
1: so nah. can you play all music, all musical instruments? Uh, piano, drums, obviously. Maisie, have you not heard him play the piano? But only the odd little. I, tinkle.
2: I, I, I played a lot. I played a lot when I was here as well. So I had one Saturday morning. This changed. <clears throat> it changed a lot for me being here. There's one Saturday morning. It's right when we started to play on Sundays. So with the introduction of the Premier League, so we we had we were training here. And it was one of the rare occasions when you and Casper wasn't with us. Right. In, I don't know why. I didn't need anything. But I was looking up musical sh- stores in Manchester. And I went in and found this this place called A1. Um, which was basically the, the place where every musician in Manchester went in. And uh, I think everyone had decided to go in at that precise <laughs> moment. Saturday. So the noise in there was incredible. People were playing guitar, solos and piano and I mean it was I tell you I think actually I think I was in there trying to buy a, I wanted to buy a digital piano that I could use headphones for so I could have it yeah. you know so, so it wasn't so noisy in my house and and because it was so noisy in there I, I see this drum it was on sort of written on a piece of cardboard uh, the, the sign says drums down in the basement and I went down it was quiet There's nobody there and I'm sort of alone in there and then this guy behind me says oh Peter Schmeichel and it's like, I'm turning around, and he says, "Oh, I'm really, really sorry. I, 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 did, I didn't mean to, but I'm a massive, massive fan. I have to say it straight up, I'm a Manchester City fan. But I work with all the goalkeepers in the, the young goalkeepers in, the, in in the club. I train them. I, uh, and he's he, it was a guy called Lee, a, a drummer, you know, and and." And it was so nice that this guy, okay, he, he's a football fan, fine. But then we had this common thing, mm-hmm. drumming, because I drummed a little bit at the time. And um, he became my teacher. And, and we so I, it started out with then building a room in my garage where I could play the drums at all times. So kind of soundproof. But then I I've, I've sort of made my way around this music uh, shop, uh, A1, quite often. And I started to buy sort of recording gear. And I suddenly I had this recording studio. I didn't have a clue about how to work it, but it looked good, Yeah, you
0: know? I think Casper and I, was, and I painted it, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, I, <laughs> I went home and got blue yeah. paint all over the carpet. There was hell on. I remember getting the f***ing <laughs> off my yeah. mum and dad.
2: And, and I, used, I used that literally every every time we've played here. I could like sort of just disappear and, and not think about football or pressures or results or anything. And sometimes... I I I wasn't obviously not sleeping, but I woke up and said, Oh, I looked at my, at my watch and it's like in the morning, kids are going to school or whatever. <laughs> and and it was really good. And it was it was something I used to I don't know what you guys have done, but I needed something that took me away from Manchester United, away from football, away from from being this this uh yeah. this person that had to perform at the highest level every time he went on the pitch. And it was brilliant for me. Um, so, so music obviously uh, has always played a big part in my life. Um,
3: but you never showed that skill off to your teammates, no?
2: It was very something very private, and also, God uh,
1: for that. Uh-huh. A thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. I know,
2: I know you precisely, uh-huh. up precisely why, you know.
1: But it's, it's uh-huh. a little drums, though, but I wouldn't <laughs> have a clue what I'd be playing, just smash hell out of them. But well, you, could, you could be noisy, I can see you'd be very noisy. <laughs> I'm more of a Piano, man me. Right. Yeah. You play? Like no. 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 Can I
3: <laughs> talk to us about turning professional, um, Peter? What was that? What age were you?
2: So I was in in a way I was quite lucky um, in how things developed with Danish football. Um, so I, I said before, no one was paid, no one can make a living of it, and this this was by law. You couldn't pay anyone to to uh, to do sports. It was something you had to do. Outside of your work, but then the law changed in '78, and actually Bobby Moore was the first player ever to be paid money in Denmark. Mm. He came over and played for a club called Herning, which is now Midtjylland, and they will probably win the championship this year. So this is this is in the period where I'm sort of I'm I'm a teenager this time. Um, so when I'm when I was ready to be um, more more or less full time, you know. The, the opportunity was there, um, and and that was with the with Bromby we played mm-hmm. Bromby in, the, in in the Champions League, and that was a really really big opportunity for me. First of all, we were pioneers. We didn't really know what to do, how to do it. We had a really good coach who was developing us into to be much better than everyone else in Denmark. Uh, how old are you? Ray? So I'm actually quite old at this time. In terms of I'm um, twenty one 22 oh, okay. 21 I think I am yeah so were you also working at the same time I was working yeah what would you work? What oh you I had so many different jobs I was
3: textile
2: factory yes was cleaning, that was, cleaning that was, clean that was, old
0: people's homes it says earlier yes
2: right? absolutely yeah I did that you as well and, and I did you a was lot was of a
0: pig farmer as well mm, <laughs>
2: no <laughs> <laughs> no so
1: just all little odd jobs you worked the
3: World Wildlife Fund and I, I did
2: yeah I was there for f- a bit more than nearly two years I, I was there uh, and then then I uh, I took an apprenticeship uh, carpet fitting and, and I, I was there for a year it was just too hard so I could actually be on my knees doing fitting carpets and then the same evening I could play in in, in what would be the equivalent of the Premier League and it it just didn't work out for me it was just f- far too heavy work and um and hard really really hard mm-hmm. you, know, you all the uh all oh, the glue you're using. Oh my god, it was. It was but it was. It was. Like, I tell you what, I'm. I'm very, very happy that I did that. And uh, of that experience, I. I always. So. So when so when Casper tried, I wanted to go into the same world as I've been in. um I supported him in every little move, alone move that he wanted to go, go at even. Even though it was like two months at Darlington, or because I my experience my experiences with having to dig deep and actually working in an environment that wasn't my preferred environment and wasn't what I wanted to do with my life, I think it gave me so many much, so, much, so many tools to deal with what, whatever you know I was facing going forward. And and also I know, I mean, I work with I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the phrase normal people. And I don't mean that. But we, we're we not normal when we play on this pitch behind. We're not. We live in a different world. Our world is, uh, it's crazy. It's a crazy world, honestly. Football is because you're no better than anyone else. But you play for this club and every time you play, you got like half a billion people wanting you to perform well.
0: Do you remember when the Man United rumours started? When, you were, when they first started yeah. circulating, when you were going to sign? Well,
2: <laughs> it was quite a... It was a weird one because again we're long, we're a long way back here. We're in we're in the eighties now, and we didn't have agents. Mm-hmm. So when I I negotiated my contract with the with the German myself, uh, and I didn't do a great job. Was that. this with Martin Edwards? I just I didn't care. Honestly, didn't yeah. care. I just wanted to play. I wanted to be full time. So this agent approached me and he said, "I want to work with you." And I honestly I had no idea what would what it would mean to work with an agent. And I said, "Yeah." So. Yeah, and he said, "What do you want?" I said, That's only one thing I want. I want to go. I want to play for Manchester United." And he said, "Well, I, I can work with that." So we agreed to, to work together. And uh, 18 months later, uh, I had my first opportunity to come to United. Five hundred
3: thousand pounds. At no,
2: the I, it actually took a bit longer for me. It took another year after right. that because Bromby, the club that I was at, became too greedy. They yeah. wanted <laughs> 1.2 million. <laughs> They sure. wanted 1.2 million. 1.2 million, uh, and the club were they weren't prepared to pay that.
0: That was back then.
2: It was a lot of money.
0: Did the price go up because you were winning championship? It says there you won four championships yeah. in five seasons, Bromby.
2: I think the the um, I think Bromby didn't want to to let me go. But what right. they had done was they had they have actually gone all in with a coach, Morden Olsen. Uh, who was going to change the fortunes of, 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 uh, of Bromby. And he did, he worked, he worked us really hard and we were quite successful. The, the year where, where your dad, he won the Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah, um, We, we got knocked out in the semi-final of the UEFA Cup. Um, and that's, that's an achievement that has never been emulated by any other Danish team. So we were quite successful. And the the club wanted to build on that success, and and uh, even though I had a clear agreement with with the club that I could leave at the time where United came yeah. uh, around the first time, uh, they I, I was under contract, and it was much more difficult back then to uh, to get out of a contract. But but a, a very positive thing happened to me, and that was uh, I was I, I was very very disappointed. I mean. Probably the lowest point in my life, but I turned that sort of 180 degrees, and I'm going to use this as an energy source to become even better and more. You know, it's, you can't avoid me now. I, I have to, I have to be so much better than they are going to come back. Uh, so I had about two months of sort of using that energy and just working really hard. And one day I got I got asked to go to the uh, the agents. He had an assistant. Uh, in Denmark, go to his house, and I, I got to the house, and Alex Ferguson's there. I've never met this guy before. I've seen him because we're in the same hotel a f- uh, f- couple of years prior to that, where they were sort of hot weather training, and we were preseason training. So I haven't spoken to him never in my life, were or you ever a in bit my life.
3: Starstruck li-
2: um, at the time. It, 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 remember back then he was it was he was closer to getting sacked according to the media than being uh, knighted so and he'd taken the morning flight over to Copenhagen gone to this house and he said "Um, I just want to let you know that I've seen what I want and I'm coming back for you in the summer we're in September here you're coming back for in the summer keep doing what you're doing keep working hard stay fit and uh, you know I'll see you in the summer shook my hand and went back to the airport and I was like, hmm, maybe a bit dumb shot more than Starstruck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so I had that that kind of knowledge that uh, that he was still keeping taps on me and uh, obviously I wouldn't I wouldn't like to, to let him down or, or myself down. So again that was used as uh, more as an energy source to um to and this is when we ended up in uh in the semifinal and uh, I had a really good year. Personally I had a really, really good year. Um and I think my development was maybe, I don't, it was difficult to put a number on, but I might've improved 30% in that one season because of the coach we had, but also because of knowing that.
3: What was to come. Yeah, mm-hmm. if,
2: if, if I did my, my job, you know, mm-hmm. my dream could possibly come true.
3: And when you did, your dream did come true, mm-hmm. what was it like actually signing for Manchester United?
2: Yeah, it was, um, <laughs> I came over in May, This is the same year, I signed the same year that uh, United went public. So what I didn't know was that they couldn't sign any players before they've gone public. So uh, I came over in May in the knowledge that now I'm going to sign this contract. It's going to be such a big moment for me. Uh, And basically the deal was already done. That's been done by, you know, Martin Edwards, the chairman back then and my agent. And I came over and uh, I'm thinking, now we're going to sit down and the contract's going to be there. (laughs) I'm going to put my signature to it. And Martin Eber said, come. And uh, he took me to the uh, museum and he went through every little bit of the museum, making sure that I I understood precisely what kind of club I was joining, what my responsibilities would be as a player for this football club and uh, the tradition and the history of this club that I would be... A temporary barrier off, uh, and he would he would watch me all the way around, and he would see if I if I took this on or was dismissing it. And I'm sure that if I've been ignorant about that, he would have said no. And I I, I kind of like that. I really yeah. like that. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if that's been done now, but did you have the same uh, experience? Sir Alex did exactly the same.
3: Yeah,
1: Gaffer showed me. In uh, the museum, they didn't even talk about nothing other than football oh. and the history of the club. And they did exactly what Pete just said. No?
2: I don't know what it's like now, but back then all that due diligence been done. I only realized when I when I started to work for the club that uh, Alan Hodgkinson he'd been over like fifteen times, even mm. in that year where he always, he said, "I'm, you know, you're, you're coming. I'm coming back for you." They kept taps on me, and um, and I think you know they Alan Hodgkinson was a goal uh, yeah, goalkeeper coach. coach well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think they they they've done their due diligence. They know the player as a player they know what they can do on a football pitch so we're not in doubt about that but we also have to look at the uh, personality. Mm-hmm.
3: Talk to us about your debut season then. What was it like?
2: Very disappointing. Very very disappointing. We were an unbelievable football team. I joined a team with a 16 years 16 year old bit I think Ryan Giggs or maybe he was 17 and he'd already be, he'd had his debut 4 months before me. And you're looking at this kid. You're looking at Lee Sharp, who, and it was between the two of them, and you're thinking, "Wow, this is exciting." And then you turn your head, sort of forty degrees, and look at Andrei Kanchelskis and saying, "Whoa, how is this happening? Are you playing with this level of players? and Playing with with uh, your dad in front of me and and Pali? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's. Uh, I know, I know, we had more success with different combinations, and 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 I love playing, but behind all of them, but but. Mm. They are, Paris, that's just, that's my, my beginning. We, we played mm. the same, but it's just my beginning. The, the help that I got from them, the understanding, the quick understanding of who I was, was, was brilliant. um, I came in, I was in super form when I came in. Our season ran. Who uh, was the keepers at the present time then? Um, <laughs> it was Gary Walsh and Jim Layden. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my first training session at Littleton Road. So I'm coming back. I'm in super form. I'm, I'm, our season has been running a lot later than the, than the season over here. So I think I've had like a break of 10 days or something. like. So I'm I'm, I'm super fit, physically fit. Uh, we get to Littleton Road and I'm preparing myself for preseason. And for me, preseason is you meet up like the first week of January. And then in my early days, you, you played the first game in April. And then it obviously with with uh, better pitches and you know you stretch the tournament. It was mid March, but it's still a long, long time. You know, eight yeah. eight nine weeks. Um, and we don't have that here. We have five weeks. And I'm thinking, okay, five weeks. We're really now we're running. And and kiddo said, okay, let's do boxes. Boxes. I'm like, what? I mean, I've, I'm used to three weeks of not seeing a football. Yeah. So he says, uh, let's do boxes. Old versus uh, old and young ones. And uh, Peter, you can go with uh, Walsh and uh, and and Jim and do some half walleys. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm in the box. No, you're not in the box. <laughs> and all the old guys, you know, you're I remember Dad Pally, saying that, yeah. Pally, <laughs> Rob, <laughs> no way, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm saying this very politely because I know I can't swear, but...
3: You can we can just beep.
1: You can say what you want, we'll
2: <laughs> no, beep it. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not swearing. I'm not... F- So, So, and I stood my ground, just went in the boxes because at Bromby I was I took so so I had a goalkeeping coach at Bromby who said you have to do all the training, all the running, everything, all the possession games, everything. The outfield, but uh, that was quite
0: peculiar though for players back then because I remember Dad saying to to me, even though I was young, God Peter's the goalkeeper and he joins in the outfield training sessions, Mm. which he'd never no No. one had ever seen that before really. Which was but a, a rarity back then. So 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 what he said was,
2: you have to do everything they do, mm. and then we do goalkeeping at a different time where they're not there. Yeah. So and this is how I was brought up. And for me, for me taking part in boxes, for instance, or possession games was the way I played. I never played just inside the box. I was I was outside the box as well. And and when you're in front of me, I wanted you to be absolutely trustworthy, uh, trustful of me. Dealing with whatever yeah, came yeah, yeah. past you, because yeah. I wanted you to be far away. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to be near the halfway line rather than near the the, the, yeah. the box. Yeah, and and you had to trust me that if you were up there and anything came past you, that I would be able to deal with that. And I think that's that's part of of that philosophy. And of course, I mean, then you, then then it's lucky that all the rules got changed with the back pass. Yeah. When I when I came here, you you could pick up back passes in the box. So that got changed. You had to use your feet more. And now, of course, now uh, goalkeepers are more outfield players and if you can't play as an outfield player, you won't be in goal. You won't be at the highest level anyway.
3: You were actually credited for the back pass reel after the Euro 92 tournament. Is that um, right?
2: Take it. Take it, Pete. Yes. But it's a negative, <laughs> isn't it? Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> yes. we. So we, we had the okay. Euros in 92. Um, the, the final, we played Germany and we... Let's just say that we probably pl- had five in our starting line that shouldn't have played due to injury. So we were
0: under the cosh. I remember were. watching the game, yeah. Uh, you had one of the games of your life that day, didn't you? It was the final. You say that as a surprise. No, 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 I'm not surprised. I just remember
2: watching the, it in the, the other blind tournament. Yeah, I know. But we, um, so, so we, had, we, had, we had these problems. And that meant when we had the ball, we, we didn't have enough support for our front line to sort of keep the ball. And at times, Fleming Paulson, who was our number nine, would be up near the goal and he would, had no option and he would turn around and pass it back to me. And, and then they obviously had to run up and put pressure and I would pick it up. And then, and I think... Because it got changed, the not the next year, but the year after. Yeah, I think they they'd had a look at that, and and I think it was one of the best rule changes ever. Because it, it changed yeah, it changed the game to the better. It's not with with the you know the changes we're making now. With I know we're not going to go into that, but I'm just going to put it in anyway. The VAR, yeah, which I think is completely ruining the game. Uh, that rule change, even though it was challenging me and my colleagues in in, in goal. I think that was one of the best changes because yeah. it sped up the game in the right tempo. Everybody could deal with that, and then, and then obviously the next generation of goalkeepers were a lot better with with using their feet.
1: You were decent, though, with your feet. No, but I played with some keepers who were absolutely mm. useless. All they ever could do is goal kicks and kick out of the hands. And then you know it's great having a keeper behind you as so much as he's a brilliant keeper. But somebody you can rely on when you pass the ball back, that you know he's got a decent first touch. He can. You know, control it and can pick a pass as well. So much um, beneficial than just having a keeper that just picks it up and launches
2: I, it. I, that was the whole idea about always joining in mm. and always being part of the game. And the thing about this tr- first training session, from from I had I had to make a very strong stand, and I, I just stood in the box. And from that moment on, uh, it was never a problem. It uh, it just became it's all six foot four and. Three-foot wide hopes.
3: <laughs> I wonder if the goalkeepers still do that now, carrying on from your they legacy don't. of being in the boxes. They, I,
2: I, find it, I find it so weird that they don't. They really don't. They have, you know, when all that is going on, they have that time with their goalkeeping coaches. They even go out before the the, the, the outfield players they start and they have that. So I talk to Casper a lot about this because I've obviously been been finished I, I lasted till I was 40 years of age and now I'm, I'm, I'm 56 and I, I I feel I feel the, uh, the effect of, of having done all, or done all that and I'm trying I'm trying to get uh, to get my experiences to Casper that you can't you can't do 45 minutes of hard goalkeeping training every day where you dive and dive and dive and dive and this is what happening is happening in the club you need to have more sort of where you step out of that or you need to be more with the team. Your, your presence with the team is more important now than it's ever been because of your experience and, and they you know the way the game is developing they have to they have to know that they can give you the ball if they're in, in in trouble even though that you will you will be under pressure mm. they have to know that and if they don't trust you you know we see this very often in, uh, in modern day football then it's a bad pass, it's a chance you pass and it's, you know, it's a chance or a goal against you. Um, so, of course, you have to do bits and pieces, keeping your, you know, your timing and catching the ball. And, and But when you're 33, you don't have to dive anymore. I think yeah, you've you already done do that. that already. So, unfortunately, I say I did that. And, and you know, when you get to my age, it is kind of a problem.
3: X <laughs> <laughs> and pains everywhere. <laughs>
2: That's why I don't play golf. (laughs) 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 Excuses, eh?
3: (laughs) Second season then. Yes. And of course, a very successful one. And one you Mm. must remember as well, very clearly. Alex?
0: Well, the first time I met Peter was when dad brought you around to the house when Mm. you first signed. And I remember him coming home. I was only a kid. And I remember him saying to my mum, I'm bringing the new goalkeeper around tonight. And he's going to be special. I think the the players could tell that he was going to be unbelievable for them. So mum had the, the best china around and the best place. and she, she did. You know, typical jam. jam. <laughs> so she uh, put on a bit of a spread for Peter and he came round and that was the first time I met you. And I just remember being a little kid looking up, thinking, wow, he's massive. <laughs> I, and did you I have I have remember you have Casper, Casper that. with you yeah. then? No, no, on, no, you no I, I was own? on my own. I mean, it
2: was, it was, uh, I, was I was in a hotel for, uh, so I, I experienced, so, I mean, I experienced Northern people right from the first day. And I've this is why I always loved being being up here and I always love I always thought I was gonna stay here because I've kinda I really, really like the people here. I think they've they're decent people, they're hard working people and they're genuine. There's nothing phony about any any people up here. Um so I'm in the hotel, Ken married, he was uh, he was a secretary. He he's going on holiday He says, listen I know what it's like to be in hotels. I'm going for a fortnight. I had no idea what a fortnight was at the time. Uh, I had to ask (laughs) someone else because I was embarrassed to ask him. (laughs) I said, "I'm going away for a fortnight. You can have my house." And uh, I didn't take him up on that because we were. I I still didn't have my family there, and it was okay to be. And Andre Kinchelskis was in that hotel. Jim Ryan, Pop Robson was in the hotel. Amblehurst was it? The Amblehurst, Yeah. yeah. So, so. I didn't really need it that I needed that time to go away. And then your dad said to me the house next door mm-hmm. is empty. Come around. That's a night. Yeah. So I came around, we uh, we we saw the house and and uh, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. And then and I experienced this uh, we we come in as a family with, you know, the issue of not, you know, our kids didn't speak English, you know. Uh but the the help you you get from from neighbors and volunteering to to uh, I mean, it's just we know this school. We know that person. We knew there was always someone, uh, and I'm I'm not sure if uh, if uh, a player comes to Bromby, for instance, with no obviously no Danish because no one speaks Danish, but with limited uh, language skills, that they would be helped in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I I was really I was I mean I I fell in love with this place right from the word. Would go and and your family, Alex, was was a very big part of
0: that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. Just, I just remember I was really young at the time, but I remember you, you, you get you get in the house and mm-hmm. I remember you saying to me, "I've, I've got my, my kids coming over." And that was the first time I met Casper. Yeah, and that was it. Then. Do it you was, remember
3: the fact that he didn't speak much, much English yeah. when you first met? Remember,
0: remember bonfire night. I remember yeah, hi, bonfire night.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you know, you killed yourself. Oh my god! <laughs> it's Cas- Casper's birthday, is, uh, yeah. November the fifth, and we were desperate. To because uh, he was in schools already in school back then we were desperate to sort of just get some kind of idea of how his uh, English was progressing but we couldn't get him to speak English just mm-hmm. couldn't.
3: How old was he at this time?
2: So this is uh, how he he seven. seven, he? seven yeah?
0: he was a couple of years younger. I than think me. he was seven that day, wasn't yeah.
2: he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So we, um, so so the house we were in we, we knew The garden hadn't been up, done, and it was full of, you know, unused building materials, and it was perfect for a bonfire, you know. <laughs> so th- so they, we we were the all the neighbors. We said we have the bonfire in our garden. Yeah. So we had this um, bonfire made up, and uh, I'm now hearing Casper talking to you and to uh, to uh, James, and uh, yeah. I don't know he's. He's fluent. He was speaking fluent. It was so it was incredible. He had only been there for like three months, if that. But uh, and it could have been the end of him as well because <laughs> because our next door neighbour, I think it was our next door neighbour, Phil. He thought we should put some some, some petrol on the fire, on a bonfire, and I, I think he overdid that a little bit. So once we lit it, it, it literally exploded. Uh, I'll never it I'm just going to kill two Manchester United players and the kids it
0: would have been you should have story. heard the explosion by the way when, they, when he threw the, the light up. bloody hell he blew uh, the estate uh, up uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> whose garden was this? in? yours very, his God. God, wasn't yours. God
0: Jan would have went mad <laughs> But I
3: suppose that bonding, you know, that you had next door neighbours, even having someone that you could confide in and someone's close to you made such a difference when you, you were settling in.
2: Massively, massively. And, and and if you look at the team back then, the sort of little groups, so you had uh, Chucky and Pally lived in the same place. Yeah, uh, They went in together uh, for, for training, most trainings, and but definitely in matches. We had Paul Parker around the corner, so we were the three of us, and then Paul Lins around the corner as well. Uh, so, so we would go in. So we had those little sort of, and for me it was brilliant because you had someone around. Um, it's it's no it's not easy, it's not easy to move to a different country. Uh, one of the simplest, you know, things like you know having a family around you, it's not there. You don't have a network, and and that's why landing in in in, in Manchester or South Manchester as we were, it was brilliant because people were just so. It was open arms and it was welcoming and um, uh, I've, I, I literally thought that I was, I'd landed where I, I was supposed to be mm-hmm. in my life.
0: Perfect. I remember when um, Peter uh, used to get picked up with Paul Ince. I remember, do you remember that night when Paul got chased by the Rottweiler through the estate, the next door neighbour's Rottweiler? Oh yeah, of <laughs> course. <laughs> and you, he'd obviously come, you were going to a game or something and we had a massive Rottweiler live on the next side of, to us. And Paul's got out the car. And anyway, this dog was a lunatic, wasn't it? And it chased Paul through the estate. And I remember hearing this squealing. And he was in the porch against the back door like this. And the dog was jumping up at him. And it was a it was It was, it was, it was a always chaos.
2: changed, wasn't it? It was changing. Yeah, a big, it, massive It got,
1: got off the, chain. Yeah, honestly. Got off the yeah. Same. Brilliant. <laughs>
3: Brilliant, But that bonding that you had, do you think that was part of the reason why in the second season was so successful for the team here winning the Premier League?
2: I think obviously it helps. I think it helps a lot. I think what helps us as well is that we had a, a, a much smaller squad and we played the best team every time. I mean, you've literally played the same 11 and if there was an injury, that, that would make that would make the it was, it was a force changes. And I think that kind of stability... Uh, makes it easier to uh, achieve results he was I have to say the manager was nurturing uh, Gixi N. so he wasn't playing every game but it was either Gixi or Sharbi but you could literally name the team from back then from game to game mm-hmm. and I think that helps a lot it's different today obviously I say obviously I'm got a clue why it's different no you, you know why it's different no it's, Well, you play as many games don't you yeah don't know and, and 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 you know tackling has gone out of football so there's not even it's no. not even an excuse that it's become more physical mm. I
0: mean you've you've been through that transition I'd well people would say yeah. the the pace of the game's probably changed now than what it was back then but yeah I still think your teams would have give the teams today a good a good run for the money
2: I would say the the way that football's been played today where most teams are putting pressure on the ball mm. and and pressuring the ball everywhere I think it it might just require a bit more yeah. um, I don't know, but I think having a smaller squad um and also yeah, had a great dressing room as well yeah and a small dressing room yeah and a small dressing room yeah you know we, we 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 had no luxuries there was nothing no no you have to do I mean you did you didn't have to clean your own boots but apart from that you literally have to sort of you know make it your was a small own. dressing room at the it cliff was wasn't very very it small. I remember
0: you used to throw me and Casper in the bath yeah. that big minging yeah. bath
3: still there that changed
2: still was there. it changed when you arrived because no no, no it, was um,
1: half, it was half half what it is now and then I think they opened it up yeah so the, the reserves part. was next door. Yeah. And then they had the A team yeah, and the young kids on yeah. the other side.
3: We yeah. actually went with Robbo um, a few months back for yeah. the podcast. And we couldn't believe how small it was. <laughs> and it's actually opened up now. There's no wall down the <coughs> middle. And we were like, no way. You'll What's it amazing
2: is that uh, possibly the biggest result ever in English football history was achieved from those facilities. Yeah. I, um, I went out there. It's, it's maybe four years ago. I, I have, I've never ever wanted to play. I, I, I come here. I'm on the pitch. I don't want to play. I'm not like. I wish I was out there. It has for me. It was enough. 40 years of age. I had Pretty enough.
3: Pretty good going to
2: be fair. Yeah, <laughs> and I've shoot that. I've done, and you know the knowledge that you can't do it anymore, and all that helps. But then um, the meeting I was, um, I had the guy was a bit delayed so and it was at the cliff so I had a little walk around mm. and I'm on the pitch and it's the first time it hit me and it's it's never happened since it hit me I really want to have a training session mm. I really want to be in that goal now diving about like a crazy man mm-hmm. mm-hmm. screaming and shouting and you know just having yeah. fun um and and I, I'm I was kind of in a way very very proud that I took part in, in one of the best results ever. And this is what we had. You know, we didn't, we didn't have, you know, it's a, of a, science pers- and yeah, and a of personal backroom
1: staff of five people. Yeah, Trev Trevor Lee. He was our... The Trevor, yeah, Trev- yeah, yeah. He was our
2: dietitian. Trevor. That was it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I
1: remember
2: very much earlier. And then we had the, the biscuit tin. <laughs> Did the
3: dietitian bring the biscuit tin? Well,
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not lying. Every day in training it was decided on a biscuit tin with little magnets that uh, symbolized the players and they were not the same they were f- you know from everywhere and this is what we do on a biscuit tin yeah that's how um, technically advanced demos, we yeah, were. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> did you know at the time when you'd won that um, premier league trophy this could be the start of something special did you know by looking at that team that on right in front one, of you yeah i, I knew there was a lot of young players no
2: i knew from way before i came that this team was going to be special um, and then, obviously, I started to look at the team uh, in more detail. This is when, the, when, when the guys then won the uh, Cup Winners Cup, uh, and then I joined. And and when I said that my first season was massively disappointing, was because we we should have won. Mm. It's, it's it's very simple. We should have won that championship, and we should have won it easily.
0: Was that the year Leeds won it?
2: Yeah, yeah. And um, we ended up. I'm not making excuses, but we had a few replacing the FA Cup and we were in the League Cup final. And so we had game postponed and we ended up in in the last five games at four of them in the same week, in, in eight days. Yeah, I remember
3: Paulie was telling us so the same thing. So
2: Saturday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. And we got two points out of that. Mm-hmm. And then the last game was Liverpool. Wasn't it? I can't remember. Uh, it's a race from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, uh, I mean, to be the best team all the way throughout the season, playing the best football, uh, and then lose it the way we did. And then we, we had to contend with the same old, same one Man United, same old. Um, then they took the stand, is it? Uh, no, nearly. They took the Stratford down. Stratford and down. And yeah. Ways, yeah. Took it down. And then we started the next season by losing the first game, Sheffield United. Then we drew the next two. So we had two points after three. And it was more of this, the same, same Man United. They won't ever do that. So the satisfaction of having done it, um, which uh, it's a weird way we won it because we we uh, we, we, we were playing on Monday night uh, <laughs> and uh, we were up Aston Villa at the end was the only team it was Norwich and Aston Villa that we were competing against so Aston Villa was the only team who'd catch us up but they had to win in order to do that and they played Oldham at Villa Park on the Sunday we went in for a training session I went back and did my normal routine realised after I had my afternoon kid. Oh yeah, they're playing. I, I turned on the TV and they were one 0 down with, I don't know, 10 minutes to go. And the longest 10 minutes in my mm-hmm. life, I was hiding behind the sofa, I had all, all sorts of th- silly things. Then the game finished, that meant that we were champions. And within five minutes, I say five minutes, our little cul-de-sac was just Huffing. full of people, mm-hmm. just full of United fans coming up, waving flags. And then an hour and a half later, everyone, all the team was in, in your house. Yeah.
0: Had a
3: Do you remember that?
0: I remember it clearly. It was one of my early childhood <laughs> memories. I remember Casper and I were shipped off to bed over at your house and we sat on the window ledge watching everything going on, thinking, why are we not allowed in there? And it went on till <laughs> yeah. the early hours of the morning. And you actually had a game the next day, We, we a game, London, yeah. Against who who
3: organised this? Was it Steve that organised the party? It just happened, did it, really? St-
2: it was uh, Bruzy and Robbo. So they were like, so, so Robert was club captain, but wasn't playing every game. Uh, and, and, uh, Steve was, um, he was captain of the team. So they organized it and it was quick. Everyone was there. And, and then we obviously had the phone call to the manager. I said, yeah, you can have a bit of fun, but don't drink and be, won't well, be sensible and blah <laughs> blah. And we, um, of course we listened to what he said, <laughs> of course. just didn't do it. <laughs> um, and then we came in here, which, um, that, that was that's one of those moments that really are stuck in my mind how everything had changed in in one day everything changed this one day people were allowed to bring fans were allowed to bring flags in that that's never happened since I don't think it's ever happened before then mm. but um so coming in we used to go to what's this the uh, treble reception now yeah, that's what we used yeah. to take our cars into, and then tunnel, yeah. jump in yeah. through that reception, and then the cars were taken somewhere else, and it was just packed. The forecourt was packed, and the, all these flags and the atmosphere, the atmosphere inside the ground was incredible. It was incredible, incredible that night. I oh my it. god! It, 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 probably, probably that and Juventus mm. uh, Juventus in in ninety uh, nine are the two nights I really ca- kind of remember from f- for the atmosphere. <laughs> And then we turned up on the pitch, tired and... pissed. F- <laughs> no, hung over. <laughs> hung over and we played so bad, my God. And we're 1-0 down. And then it was like, hey, 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 we just won the championship. We can't do that. And then Gixi scored this incredible it was a great goal. free kick, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we ended up winning 3-1. And even Gary Pallister, who had not scored all season, scored Deflected. a free kick. Well, he would claim it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> He'd also claim it was a top corner, yeah. but it yeah. definitely wasn't. Gets no, but it, it was just that. And I think, in all fairness, I think from coming being 1-0 down, I think we uh, we, we actually played our best 80 minutes of football after that. And uh, what am what I... Carefree? Of my, mm, yeah, maybe. I don't think... Yeah, I'm, I'm reluctant to, to agree with that, because... Of course, you have the pressures of having to win, but when you're on the roll, you play well. You kind of, you are carefree. Mm-hmm. So you sort of, uh, no, we just played well.
3: Mm. It was reported in 1994 they had a big bust up with Sir Alex.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> just a research, just you know. I, I didn't know anything about this, Pete, but apparently I had a massive fallout with him, and you were there.
2: I know, but I'm not getting involved. <laughs> so you've been You're telling See, I'm of it? the opinion that whatever happens in the dressing room stays, stays in, in the dressing room. room. Yeah. But I, uh, I put it in a book that I had, yeah. I wrote. So what was it's it about? Not, well, we we played Liverpool uh, at um, at Anfield, and we very easily and in no time cruised to a three 0 lead, and we stopped playing we just start playing and then we ended up uh, drawing the game 3-3 and it was one of them where once you start playing even for the level of that players or those players it's difficult to pick it up again and you you know we should have won this game 5-6-7-0 and it was um, anyway i felt and i might be wrong but i felt that i kept our team in it second half i mean i was probably the busiest guy in the in in uh, on the pitch and then kicking goal kicks, uh, I, I I kicked them like every time eighty yards or something like that. But straight up the middle into Neil Ruddock's head, and he headed it back. And you know what can I do? So after the game, the manager could have picked on anyone, really, and he should have picked on someone else and me. But he picked on me, and it was just one of those days where, because I tried, I I felt I tried really really hard, and. Uh, it wasn't me starting to, to uh, not play well or not trying. Or, but that's what I felt in the moment. So we had this very heated argument in front of everyone. And it was a little bit embarrassing coming away from it that I could be drawn into that. Because I should just, because I knew, I knew the manager. I knew precisely what, what uh, how he was working, what made him take, what he needed. And at times he just needed to, to get it out of his system and... I was one of them, your father, Boozy was one of the guys. Robert was one of the guys, even Gixi and pally was uh one of the guys that he would turn to and just get it off his chest and then pff, forgotten about but this particular day i just snapped. i just didn't have that. I snapped and uh and uh yeah it was it was embarrassing because i don't I don't believe that players sh- i mean they- <clears throat> The thing about our manager was that he, even if he had a go at you, you you were allowed to come back at him. You were allowed to defend yourself, and he would listen, and he would have this argument. But you had to stay within certain boundaries, mm-hmm. and I went way out of, of, of that. And uh, and I did, I did, <clears throat> I, I, did um, I did apologize to him, and of course I apologized to to all the players because I was. It was one of them. It was a Saturday as well, and we had a Sunday off, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have a chance to do anything <laughs> until well, Monday morning. <laughs>
3: That must have been a long Sunday. <clears throat> it was,
2: and I was. I have to say, to be very honest, I was very embarrassed about my behavior. And 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 the thing is, I always so firmly believed in the team thing that I can I can play my part, but I'm not bigger than the team, uh, and I have to play my part in order for this team to to win. So I will play my part, and I will try my hardest, and my teammates. They, they should know that. But in return, I, I expect the same thing from every single mm-hmm. one of them.
3: Um, and was your dressing room very much like that? People could at so, each yeah. other and forgive each other was, the next I day. think that
2: was a core strength of that dressing room. Mm-hmm. That you have all these different individual players, all these uh, uh, different temperaments, all these uh, different characters coming from from uh, different places in, in, in Europe, in, in the UK, in Ireland. So you're bringing all these different uh, cultures together. And not massively different, but different. Uh, so I was brought up in a different way than than you were, were yeah. brought up. And and that that works fine if you have, you know, uh, someone running it. But we didn't really have anyone running it other than all of us running it, mm-hmm. really. So Those were the kind of personalities and characters that the managers were bringing in. Mm-hmm and we all had at least I hope and I think we all had this same mentality that it was a team that was the most important thing and we have to do our thing for the team and no one here can be singled out as more important and I think we proved that over the years and we had players we had this Newcastle season where we ended up having so many injuries and we were you know not scrambling because that's the wrong words but we were really yeah we were scrambling for results Mm -hmm. we were we were I can't remember the numbers but let's just say in that season we had 10-1-0 wins probably towards the end of the season but did you yeah. yeah. it yeah. was just it was one of those where we, it wasn't pretty but we were we, we knew how to win and uh, you know th- those characters they're they're sort of the qualities come through because of that, that mentality so um, and hence my embarrassment because I really stepped out of line in, can you remember in, the Monday morning going in I, I can, yeah, I can. And did he pull you or did yes, you just go, yeah? he pulled yeah. me
1: straight away. And what was the conversation? I
2: have to sack you. And your reaction was? I accept me that. Then. Yeah? No, I it. I it. And I said, you know, for what it's worth, I, I think I was wrong and I apologise for mm-hmm. that. And then he went, I don't know if you remember that, we had a really big meeting in the dressing room and he it's, it's the angriest he's ever been. And, and the thing about uh, Sir Alex is that he... He could get very angry and very agitated, but it only lasts for a very, very short period of time. It could be like two minutes, five minutes maximum after a game, and then it was gone. He would never, ever Dwell leave something for Monday, or he'd never come back to stuff. But this time he did, and, and it was right to do that because our team literally crumbled that day. It was, it was, it was probably one of our worst performances having the opportunity to beat Liverpool comfortably at, at Anfield, and we didn't take that. I th- I think we were all very disappointed with it. But he had this meeting, and he went into, you know, whatever, and uh, lasted for maybe half an hour, and he left. And uh, everyone sort of stood up, prepared themselves to go on to the pitch for the training session and said, just hold on, guys, and I apologise to the team for, uh, for what I've done, and, and I've, you know, and and that was it. And we went out training and I don't know if this is the truth, but he's told my agent then that he's, he, he stood outside the dressing room and listened in and he heard that I apologized and he changed his mind about sacking me because he didn't think that I had that in me. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh,
3: you knew he was listening at that door, didn't I, you? I, I'm not sure. I,
2: you know, with uh, he, he, yeah, I experience him. He can spin a tail, can't he? Sometimes he can say stuff that, but I don't know about that. But uh, at when least when
3: he comes on our podcast, hopefully one yeah. day we'll ask him about that.
2: Yes, um, do that. Any, make, make a little note. <laughs> we will. We
3: will. <laughs> we'll get back to you. Anybody else you had a bust up with in your time? Do you two ever have a bust up?
2: No, no, not really. No, just really. argued. I on think the everyone everyone had a bust up with Keane. I remember. Uh, my, I think that's, that's kind of
1: normal. One of my first <laughs> training sessions was at Littleton Road, and Big Pete always had to have ten or fifteen shots just to warm him up. And I chipped him. No. Oh, you don't do that. And I chipped him. So, the so oh worst God. thing you do. And I, 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 I were laughing because I thought, of course you were. I chipped him six foot four. You <laughs> can just dink the yeah, keeper. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember walking around the back of the goal and you're getting the ball, and look, th- thankfully, the net was there. What the f- are you doing? It's just supposed to be warming me up. And I went, yeah. off, just chipped you and carried on. And he got this ball and he f- launched it at me. Oh my God, it'd have took
0: me head off. It'd have absolutely <laughs> took me head off. There was the famous bust up with Ian Wright, wasn't there? That was a bad tackle on you down at Highbury that time. Yeah. Didn't that start with dad in the tunnel here? The whole it, thing with Ian Wright and Man United. The, the thing about, um,
2: let me begin with saying that that Rice and me are very good friends. Yeah, yeah. I like him. I really seriously mm. like him. I actually always liked him. I kinda I, I think he went over the top at times, but I liked I liked his enthusiasm, yeah. the you know, the the, the, the fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there was always a little bit. There's always a little bit. And and that was him. And yes, there was an incident in the tunnel here. Yeah, with Dodger. Yeah. Where I mean we we were neck and neck with Arsenal. Mm-hmm. For like four years, yeah. And this halftime team talk was all about your dad and a policeman. Yeah, <laughs> the policeman wanted him to report Ian Wright, and your dad said no. Nothing happened, mm-hmm. even though Sky cameras picked it up. I remember him coming <laughs>
0: home; he had clocks all over and <laughs> <laughs> punched.
2: But you know, someone like Ian Wright, it was—I pl- mean—and a pleasure. It was. It was. Such a great challenge to play against that kind of quality. He was brilliant. And I didn't know that this was going on because for me, I I tried to be as arrogant as you can be on a football pitch to your opponents. I looked through them. I never acknowledged their presence and just just never to sort of deal with them or talk to them or not, you know, just have this where I annoyed them more than they could annoy me. So it kind of went over my head that he was desperately trying to score at me. And I... I'm completely honest now. I I didn't keep score of who who put the pole past me and who would mm. I never. I never. It, it never bothered me. All I bother, was bothered about if are we winning? Are we not winning? So I realized at some point uh, that he he'd never scored. And I had a very good friend of mine, John Jensen, was playing for Arsenal at the time. He was always. He was. It was good to have him there because f- for whatever happened. It, after with the there was there was uh, I was reported to the police for, for, for being racist against him and also the tackle at, at, at Highbury all this sort of blew up and became uh, a national story in, in, in the newspapers and and a sky sky were brilliant by the way anyway mm-hmm. um, it was great to have John Jensen in there because he was telling me that he that, that right he regretted so much being that. You know and he was he kept saying to me he wanted to apologize to you, and he's not like that he's a great guy and 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 it sort of kind of helped the situation I never I never had any beef with him until that moment and that tackle okay. I thought that was that was completely out of order one thing is that you you know you've you, you, you have this competitive edge and you want to go a long long way to, to be, come on top another thing is to, to tackle like that and actually endanger a fellow professional for that career.
1: I thought it was a great tackle.
2: Yeah. Got the ball. You know what? My shin pads are in the museum. They're there uh-huh. and they yeah. yeah. The, the the start marks are on. I mean I was happy. I see some players today they 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 use yeah, the smallest the, shin yeah. pads you can ever imagine. I always use some that covered the whole shin. Yeah. And I'm quite happy that I did that. But but um that only turned ugly because when we played here there was an incident where I'm diving into his feet and I actually got the ball, but he carried on. Yeah, and I stood up, but I was lip read by someone watching match yeah. of the day, and that person reported me to the police. So there was a police investigation, and Riley said to the police, "I never heard anything, and I, you know, I'm not pressing any charges, and it's not like that." And he was quite good. And then we, the next game was a hybrid game, um, and and first of all, he. We had this. This is, I mean, this is one of the more funny moments in my career. I'm aware of him now trying to score; that he's so desperate to score against us. So there's this ball being played in between, uh, yeah, our defenders, and I'm coming out and we tackle outside the box. But the tackle is so hard that I, I'm actually, the ball stays and I'm going 180 degrees the other side. So I am the other side of my goal, and he is. Mike also and he kinda he kinda smirks because now he just he can just stand up and kick the ball in the net. We're out, it's outside the box. But what happened in that tackle was the, the ball actually punctured. Oh. It. Yeah. it popped. Wow. So when he hit it, it went three yards. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm laughing because the referee obviously has to stop the game. Then yeah. I'm laughing, you know. And I remember this tackle, my my knee, my foot. It was so painful, but I wasn't showing him. And then, you know, I was laughing, you know. Yeah, And the ball had to be, the, the game had to be restarted from from a drop by the referee, <laughs> you know. And, and then this tackle happened. And after that, no one saw, I mean, he didn't get booked or anything. He gets booked later on on Dennis. He mm-hmm. did a really bad tackle on Dennis. And then he has, I think he's got, he had two more chances. And one of them, he's coming up close to me after he's missed and saying, how's your foot? Like, you know. <laughs> And I didn't say anything. I just never acknowledged him. After the game, I ran up to him. And this is probably a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. But I ran up to him. He was half in the center circle. I said, you're out of order. Don't ever do that again. And he sprinted in the tunnel. And remember Highbury at the top of the stairs? There's always a Bobby there. Up next to him. And he was shouting down the tunnel, don't you ever call me whatever I was accused of calling him here at Old Trafford. So he kind of brought this whole racism in Again, and and uh, I have to credit to him again. He, he held his hands. I would say, No, he never did. Sorry, that was my mistake, and blah blah. But, um, yeah, he was, and, and he's he's such a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, he's left. such a yeah, nice Dad guy. says the same now yeah. they've gotten great, but yeah.
0: it's amazing. It shows a lot about characters though. When he's did what he yeah. did and had the wars that you did, yeah. but now you're all, yeah, he was he pals. was always
2: borderline. And I think, I don't, I don't think that is a bad thing if you control it. Mm. <clears throat> that you're right there on the edge because it makes you special. Sure. It, someone who really wants to put the ball in the back of the net, I mean, He that that's mm. a quality. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He was brilliant.
3: Let's uh, talk about the treble, shall we? Must that's we? something you've never <laughs> talked about before. Where do we start? It's obviously still not been matched to this day. Do you think it ever will be?
2: I've, I've actually thought that was going to be done a number of times in the last sort of three, four years but it just shows you how difficult it is and and how special the achievement of winning the treble really is i don't think i don't think when you're in it you you kind of sort of value it so so highly because yeah. you just you just know you're a good team and you 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 you, you train to take every 90 minutes as a separate event not look at the bigger picture that's that's for the manager and you 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 know next game is this is how we prepare and we turn up and we do this and we know we're a good team we've got these characters who can change you know the fortune of a game for us and uh, we have this incredible mentality of never giving in we know the game is 90 minutes 90 minutes plus three four whatever it is and we'll just keep going but you get to this point when it says 89, then the psychology, if we're behind, the psychology changes, we, we were throwing caution to the wind, and they're trying to run the game down. They're now starting to think, hey, which we, I, I don't know if we were aware of that, but we kind of exploited that by then playing on that little bit of doubt that is left with the with the opponents, that, the, that it's easy to defend in the 65th to fifth, fifth minute. So easy. You know, it's easy even in the seventy fifth minute, but once it says eighty five and you have to bring it back home, really have to finish it, and it says ninety, then you start to get edgy. And I think we were very good at exploiting that, mm-hmm. really. So you, there's you, some huge games that year. Yeah,
1: Liverpool. There, How A. many Cop. games
2: did we uh, lose that season? Four. four, four, four games.
1: Remember the Liverpool game? Liverpool FA Cup,
2: two one. Yeah, two yeah. late goals. So we beat Borough, in the, we beat Liverpool, we beat Fulham, we beat Chelsea and Arsenal and Newcastle in the FA Cup. We played in the... Uh, this is if this is coming back to me now because obviously there's a discussion about what's the best team ever and so yeah, on. And yeah. So there's a lot of focus at this moment in time about who we really played. So we played Bayern Munich three times, mm-hmm. Barcelona twice, obviously Bromby, which was yeah. easy twice. Then we played Juve. Inter Milan, and we play Juventus. I mean, we played we played the big boys yeah.
0: to to do this. So it wasn't some of them away games in Europe were unbelievable performances. Yeah. Remember the Juventus one? Was, but did you just go behind in the game? Kept coming yeah. back.
2: But we were one 0 down after one or two minutes here mm. at Old draft <clears throat> and that's that's when this is that's why I remember the atmosphere here because from one minute or whatever we went down until we scored, which was like ninety well, first minute, yeah, Ryan Giggs. It was just. The, the crowd oh my, our fans was just trying to you know they were trying really trying to help us it was an incredible atmosphere and it was very frustrating to be uh, to be standing there watching it and and we couldn't we just couldn't break them down and then we got into this this period where you, they have to bring it home and Ryan was there and then we're 2-0 down Insagi two goals in 10 minutes
0: wasn't the, the lucky deflection that yeah, yeah, went over your head
2: of Yap on Yap, yap stop and it yeah. just went over me and then Kini gets he gets uh, a yellow, yellow card. card, which means if we go through, he won't play the final. And for him, that just became that became his final. and he, I think that's the best I've ever seen him yeah. play.
0: Yeah, he was good yeah. that night. Yeah.
3: Obviously, every single game counted towards that treble. But any game that really stands out for you that you think that was the turning point?
0: The uh,
2: the first Arsenal semi final. Mm-hmm. Then I thought I can never ever take part in a game that has been more dramatic, exciting, and. You know, even playing in that, you sense that. Then and then it was beating three days later by the second game. So we drew nil nil in the first, and then it was one one in the in the next one, and we obviously won with that mm-hmm. incredible Ryan goal. That was but the, the incredible
1: save
3: by as um, well with a penalty. Well, well, take, us
1: back, take us back to that whatever time it was late on, and Phil fouls Ray. But I think it,
2: yeah, it 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 uh, it's one of them. It just shows you how that game was to play in. Yeah. Because I'm thinking when it happens, yes, it's bad. No, I'm actually thinking, I'm not swearing. Phil, what the f*** are you doing?
0: It was a bad challenge, wasn't it? I wasn't thinking that. um, Honestly,
2: I wasn't thinking that. As soon as it happens, as soon as the whistle went, I then focused on what's going to happen next. I have to deal with this uh, the best I can. But I'm thinking even if he scores, we've got about 10 minutes. Yeah. That's what I felt. I didn't know that yeah. we were this close to the end of the game. Um, and then it happened and then I was very surprised when it, not, not sh- shortly after that, uh, the game was, was finished. And then this this is, for me, this 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 is what we were. We were 10 men against 11 and this Arsenal team was incredible. A really, really good team.
1: You've not mentioned the penalty
2: save yet. Sorry?
1: The penalty save. do oh. come. <laughs> come on. you got to mention it.
2: Well, I... I it's just one. What's
1: going through your head? Nothing really. No. No. When did you pick your side? You were going. I don't know. <laughs> I don't,
2: honestly, I, I seriously. Did don't. you
1: read him in any way, or was it just a thought? Because keepers now. Did you see? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Crull, was it was the other Tim day. Crull, Tim cruel had, had on his water bottle. Yeah. But had you watched come before I, and thought I, oh, he's going to put it there, or was I, he just an instinctive thing? To say, I'm I think going it's that's more
2: an instinctive thing and. I I one of them. I mean, I, I love the whole the whole sort of circus around Tim Cruel's, uh bottle, and right. and, I, and I think it's really great PR. And he's again put himself in the headlines yeah. from from a penalty shootout, and and he's brilliant. It's mm-hmm. brilliant, mm-hmm. but it is a psychological play. That's all it is. Because, so I I did I did something with uh, with a sponsor for the World Cup in ten. I think it was ten, where we uh, we created an app that when we get into this period where, when a game can go to penalty shootouts, you can, as a viewer, you can sit there and you can see the app. So every player that comes up, you will have the last 10 penalties that he's ever kicked. Mm-hmm. It didn't really work. You didn't have enough data. But what you could see from the data that we had was that players never put the ball in the same place. And I always kind of instinctively knew that. So for me, it was more, in order, I have, I have no control over a penalty. I don't, I mean, the referee decides when he can take him. The penalty taker decides when he's going to do his run-up, from what angle he's going to do the run-up, what foot he's going to hit hit it with, the pace, the side, the height, everything. He's in control of everything. I'm, I'm in the middle of a lottery here. So I want to have some kind of control. So my decision is... This is what I'm going to do. I'm not. I don't even know who's going to take the penalty. I don't even want to know about it. I mean, if if anyone yeah. came up to me in in, in in you know one of the courses oh, when he goes to penalties, I'll say no. I'm, I don't want to hear it. I think what Tim Cruel did was brilliant because what he did was he he and it was so clear on that ball. He, he made a big num you know big effort to to so, so, so they could see that the, mm-hmm. that he had, <clears throat> and they would be thinking who who. Oh, what, what, what does he know he's about done his me? Homework, yeah. Yeah. And you can see that the last, uh, the, the was it Fernandez penalty? Mm-hmm. It's so bad. I mean, it's so bad. And he's thinking about this. I have to score. He knows something about me. What am I going to do? Oh, my God, you know? And then he puts the worst penalty. I mean, and he, and, and he saves it. So for me, and I did this with penalty shootout as well, I just decided, you know, penalty shootout, it's happening now because the game's over. Okay, I'm going to go left, right, left, left, right. That's it. I don't even know who's going to take the penalties. I don't know in what order they're going to take the penalties. I'm just going to do this. End up. And the thing is, because it's a lottery, I, ne- I now feel that I have control over the situation. And I think more than anything, that's what you have to have. Mm. And it takes, you know, it takes the of importance of pressure. It takes everything away because I now made a decision.
3: Did you enjoy penalties being taken against you? Did you enjoy the buzz and the pressure?
2: I enjoyed playing... People, people and winning serve. games yeah. and whatever I had to do in the games, I would face it I wouldn't you know I wouldn't be faced by it. I wouldn't be scared or afraid of it I, I you know I, I, I knew the consequences of of you know if if I weren't, if I wasn't saving anyone of the five I, I knew that on you know on probability was that we would, would lose. But uh, that's just part of it. This was my job for the team at that very moment. It's the same as the five guys taking the penalties. You know, you've got, you've got, to, be, you've got to be brave. You've got to, you know, just forget about the importance of them. Just focus on putting the ball in mm-hmm. the net. I think, I think you know, I think we've, we've been through this so, so yeah. many times. I think if, if you want to play for a football club like here, where you know, the expectations are that you win literally everything, Mm-hmm. And you are trying. In all honesty, you're trying to win everything. Yeah. If you don't have that mentality, if you're not brave enough to just go out there and face it and do it, I don't think you can survive here. No, I agree. So we win the league win against the league. Spurs last game of the season. Brilliant. We play
1: Newcastle FA Cup final, which was doddle rail. How easy could that? I mean, that's I, know. Just,
2: I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, this is one of the mysteries still for me. How could that happen? How could it be so easy? Mm.
0: We so we've Come on, stop being disrespectful about Newcastle. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm but it's
2: all about grabbing the opportunity way, when yeah. it's there for you. And I mean, it's not many trophies they won, mm. is it? So, so when... the, I don't know why it was that easy. I mean, if, if I was Newcastle, I would have piled on the pressure yeah. and I would have just kept going at us because they knew we had this game on the Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So we get to the final. How much I have now? Let me. How much of leaving Wembley and ending up back in Manchester can you remember?
0: Not Probably
3: asking the wrong person there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. No. It's weird. Did you have a party after the FA Cup final? Yeah. Win? So you had a drink. Did yeah. Did yeah. you? Are you allowed? Well, I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah. We were all. I mean, we had, this especially game. with such a game coming up. But that, we That, had this that, game was, was, that was one
1: thing the manager always used to always yeah. used to say:
0: celebrate, celebrate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then we st- we trained at Burnham Beaches on the Sunday or the Monday, flew out to Barcelona. Concord.
2: concord. I can't remember anything. I, I knew I know the hotel that we stayed in because I'd been yeah, in there before. No, no we and stayed
1: there. we stayed at the Arts
2: after the game. Was after the game? Yeah. See, I don't. We even, stayed in some. Don't even remember what it was.
1: Sitches or something like that. We stayed out out of Barcelona and then we travelled in on the day. Can't for remember the, game. the
2: training session the night before. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Yeah. The one thing I do remember is. Casper and, uh, and uh, Teddy's son, Charlie. Charlie, yeah. Appearing in the dressing room. And, and you went, you know, with Champions League, the security is just incredible. If you don't have the right accreditation, the right letter on your accreditation, mm-hmm. you, you are not allowed. And, and they, were,
0: they were in the dressing room. Things must have changed from when I was a kid. I was yeah. never even allowed on the pitch for the lap of honor. Never mind. Get in the changing room. Well you never?
2: Never. You're kidding me. Never. You're the only one then. Only Everyone one else's never. kids Probably were. Probably yeah. because you were <laughs> <Yeah>. badly <laughs> yeah. behaved Alex. That was your dad.
0: Yeah. In the early days, were, the families were never allowed on the pitch. Do you remember? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, they weren't. Well, I do because I remember trying to get of on course. and I wasn't allowed.
3: <laughs> so how do you think they find their way to the dressing room?
2: I don't know. Casper always says it. He said to all the guys, look, my dad, yeah. my dad is... Yeah, see, I, I don't. I was gonna him. say I, I don't believe him, but it was uh, it was weird, and, and you know, back then, mobile phones yeah, we didn't yeah. really have them, no. so it was one of them as well. The, uh, the 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 mothers and the wives and all these they they had to leave their own coaches back to the hotel, so she just had to trust that he was somewhere. So, so weird, yeah, so mad. But then, then, the brilliant thing on that is that then I have I have got pictures with him and the trophy. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, he's got great pictures with all the staff and the manager, and but um, I, I, it's weird about this final. I don't, I don't really remember anything. The whole event. That, remember that? Really?
1: Obviously, remember Basler scoring. What was your thought? What was your thoughts on the on the free kick? I remember it. From we, 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 we was with Ronnie a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and he said that him and big fella, oh, the Yanka, Yanka, th- they just uh, you know coming together. and He never thought it was a free kick, but then the yeah. free, free yeah. kick happens. Even Clive Tilsley says it takes a deflection. And it doesn't. It doesn't take
2: a deflection. It's actually quite a good, good hit. It sits in the right place, yeah, precisely where it wants. But you it. should
1: never get beat that side.
2: Well, you think so? <laughs> well, you did. I, know, I don't but care now. <laughs> because. Uh, <laughs> um, but what would you to right? Did, did so you think it
1: was going to go over? Obviously, you must. No, have but no? the
2: thing is, uh, so so in one on one of my um, my, my uh, on my pro license, I did. My, my independent study was in free kick. So I used that as, as an example. Um, and what they do, so I've looked at it quite a lot mm-hmm. and it is annoying to be beaten But there. There's yeah, no t- doubt about that. But when you look at it, uh, they put two guys up uh, next to our wall. Yeah. And as the moment bastard comes up, they actually dive into our wall
1: yeah.
2: which and, and opens up. That means I just have to adjust a little bit this side. Because I don't know where it's going to put yeah. it. And as soon as I did that, he hits it and it's yeah. there. And I, 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 I see it laid and, and, you know, I'm caught no. on the wrong foot. And it's uh, it's all that. But uh, they worked it really well. It was actually one of my points in my study. So one of my conclusions is that you, more than anything, you work the goalkeeper. You have one second to work the goalkeeper. You know, the, there is one second from any distance on the perfect free kick from when it leaves the foot to it crosses the line, so you have to limit the goalkeeper's one second viewing of the ball. Um, and and I looked at that, and and you know I'm not making excuse, no, yeah, no, To no, be completely isn't. honest, yeah, I don't yeah. care now. You know? No, I cared a little bit in the game, but then yeah. you have to straight away you have to take it and throw it away and focus on on the next second because if you if you think about it and keep thinking about it, you will make the next mistake. Sure. So that was something for for the next day and and thankfully you know yeah. things so so
1: as the games going on they had chances at the bar they at the post
2: yes so 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 so, it's so towards the for end my of the game. my view is different to to every other player yeah on on the page and of course for most people as well watching the game it's very different because they 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 look at the game side on and i look at the game from behind yeah. and i see our problems very clearly I see the limitations that we have so so what made us really great was that we had Yogi and Coley up front Jung being at the end of Beckham's crosses they knew that the crosses were coming in we had Gixi challenging from the right side we had this powerhouse of Keane and Scholes mm. in the middle um, but because both Keane and Scholes were suspended we had to compromise on that and that meant David Peckin was playing midfield Yes, but Blomquist was playing left oh. wing yeah. and then Gives Ryan was the right, playing yeah. right so we kind of, some you no, know, core strength was away. I could see that even though that Ryan was brilliant on the right-hand side, he wasn't Beckham. He wasn't putting no. those crosses in. And you can see the strikers making the runs, but the ball wasn't coming. And you can see them making runs for when, then that natural runs for when it's on the left-hand side. But yes, but it's not Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he wasn't delivering. And also not to take anything away from Butty and, and and Beckham in midfield, but they Butty was quite quite solid. Um, he was he was not far off Skozy and yeah. Keen I have to say but Beckham was not a central midfielder at the time he was and he didn't have the same engine and his instinct was very much to go right hand side and try to put those crosses in. So we were a little bit thin in the way that we played and we couldn't really play to our strength. Uh, and you see this happening. Oh, we've got the ball. We're not really creating anything. Yeah. So, as the game progresses, and we're not, we're not sort of, uh, we're not producing the chances that we normally would do. We're starting to take chances, which is what this team was very good at. We are, we're committing more people forward. We, uh, I don't know if people remember this, but when we get the uh, the winning corner, it's that that corner is from the left-hand side and it's won by Gary Neville. Gary Neville is a right fullback so he's completely opposite of yeah, where yeah, he's supposed yeah. to be. And that's what that was the and that's the players or the team that we was we were gambling and this is why they had the opportunity obviously to hit the post. I know Janka hit the bar off a yeah. corner. Um but we gambled and we 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 you know throwing caution to the wind saying okay fine. We will be we will be man against man. Mm-hmm. Not if they had two up. Normally you had three back, but now we're gonna go man against man, and then just take whatever comes and deal with that. And sometimes it's much easier to play football that way because you just know you have to stay with this guy. Yeah. you know you don't have to. You don't have to think about what's over there, or you you have to hand him over to someone else. You just stay with that guy, but. Not always uh, that that uh, you're successful then, and hence the chances that they got, and then of course. So it comes the corner. The you corner. got your head
0: on it, didn't you? Yeah. Just
2: yeah. Of course, did, yeah. <laughs> on, uh, dying to
0: put that in. <laughs> uh,
2: I yeah. think, I think I just, I, it, but, but. So did, did so the
1: gaffer wave you up, or did you just went? That's no, me. I'm done. I'm I going. always did. I, I never looked. No, I never <sighs> looked. I never looked, and had you had you looked, Any would have said stay. I would have
2: gone. Yeah, but
1: well,
3: you would have gone. So done, there's no it? point
1: asking. It's my <laughs> last game. What no. can you do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, but I think so. I'm not. Go- I'm not necessarily going up there to score or be the hero. But what we were up against because was panic. This, yeah, we we were up against this incredibly well organized Bayern Munich team. They were. They had read us, hmm. and they played us perfectly. Made it so difficult for us in every department. Every corner we had, we didn't even have a sniff. But now I'm coming up. And you could sort of sense that no one kind of knew what we're going to do here, right? And it left, it left Yoki not really marked, Mm. a little bit. Gixi completely unmarked on the The edge edge. of the box. And Teddy unmarked from a run, which was unusual. A little run to the front post and then he's unmarked. Uh, And the panic, um, if you look at that goal, it was pure panic. I mean the clearance. He could have, if he'd taken quarter was, of a second more, it, uh, wasn't it? Or was that? Was it
1: Effenberg who tried clearing it? Was it
2: Effenberg? It might have been, yeah. I and
1: mean, he, he shanked it to the edge Half of the Half
2: a second longer. You know, composed yeah. himself. Yeah. He could have kicked it into touch, and the game would have been yeah. over.
0: But the panic was there. And then... giggsy shot on the edge of the box was a bit of a shank as well, wasn't Giggsie it? giggsy shank. it. Wasn't, it. wasn't a clean strike. I, no. I don't think
2: it was a shot. I it think was it was a
0: pass.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: With his right foot. And then there. he even
1: said he comes in off his yeah, shin. He shot, yeah, he yeah, He, yeah, he yeah. Sort of drags it yeah. as well. What's your thought then?
2: Oh, my God. I'm running back and all I can... Because I i can't remember if it was a silver goal or a golden goal, but we are playing this. So this is going to go to extra time, oh yeah, to my yeah. mind. And I've never played this. I, I'm... Pretty sure it was golden goal, and that means if they score, game. The next one to score in next time, game's remember. over. Or maybe you go through the first half right. and then. In the, I can't remember, but it I was something that. like that, and and I've never played that game before. So I am running back. My adrenaline obviously is pumping. I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. We're back in the game. We've got a chance. Mm. But I also have to compose myself. I really have to think, focus, constant goal. Christ, you know, (laughs) and that's literally how it happened for me. Mm. And then blank. I I have a little thing because it took took quite a bit for the game to be restarted. Yeah, I had no idea about the time. I mean, no idea. I knew we were past ninety minutes, but I didn't know how long. The cartwheel. Yeah.
1: Do you know what's good about that? (laughs) It's perfect.
2: At the director of uh, of the actual program. He had it in live. How good is that?
0: Yeah,
2: I didn't know. It was what a good cartwheel as well. It was a great cartwheel. Yeah, Very it? springy yeah. at the end.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> didn't know you had that in the locker. No. I, didn't, I didn't know.
2: But you can do you can do stuff when uh, yeah that you don't know what you can do when your your mind goes. <laughs> but I was really I was honestly that's the most nervous I've ever been in a game.
3: Well, in that minute that 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 from ball. the
2: restart, mm-hmm. yeah, all I'm thinking is don't shoot. Shoot, I'm completely <laughs> paralysed. I cannot save anything. Please don't shoot.
0: And then relief, relief. That was your and that was your last game. That was my last game. I know it's an incredible way to bow out. But do you regret leaving when you did?
2: Um, yes. Why did I, you leave? It was. I was. Do you know I was run out. I was run down. Yeah. I. I'd, I'd, I'd had. Your body had gone. I'd had. Uh, not really. No, I was just mentally so tired. I was mentally tired. I t- so, so I, we 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 were in every uh, championship with Denmark. So that those every every two years you, your holidays yeah. go. You straight back in, and even in this season we were in the World Cup. We played, we played uh, Brazil in July, early July. And remember, we had to qualify for the Champions League. We played that the end of July. Yeah. So I literally came straight from the World Cup, having played a full season. And then into the next season. So I didn't really have a break. And I was just so tired. I mentally, I couldn't phase another season. And then we did have a conversation after the final. uh, And I'm like, no, 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 I made the decision. But when I look back, it might have been a bit sort of a rash decision in Mm. a way. I should probably, I mean, the manager could have asked me, are you sure? He never did. He just accepted that this was going to be it. That was one thing. So Do you think
3: if he had have questioned you, you would have thought more about it?
2: I think if I if had been less proud mm-hmm. and said to him, I can't play every game, I, listen, yeah. I would be, even in league cup games where he's trying, he was playing uh, whoever was the other goalkeeper Raymond. at the time, Raymond or uh, even there, I was really pissed off that I wasn't playing because I wanted to play every game. Uh, if I sort of stepped a little bit away from that and 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 sort of spoken to him about you know managing managing me better, not better because he was doing really well, but looking after me uh, according to my age, you know, not playing me in certain games and and if I had been less proud about being on the pitch and and you know could accept one or two games just sat on the bench, it probably would have. Worked out quite well for me, mm-hmm. but I'm too, I'm not sure that my men- mentality was was uh, was right for that. I don't I don't think that that you know not playing actually playing was 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 the hardest part. It was every, you know, packing the suitcase again and traveling. And if if I could have stayed home for one game, sort of every like I don't know every ten games, I probably it would have been an attractive thing. Uh, but at the time, I just needed to. But yes, for sure. Uh, when you look back and, and, and you see decisions that you've made, um, I, I probably would not have made that decision. I would mm-hmm. have probably spoken to the manager because it, it was only like next next two years or something like that. He started to sort of rest rotate, players and yeah. Yeah. rotate yeah, as well. Yeah. So uh, I could have been part of that. I
1: what could have did been,
3: yous players think at the time when he was Just to get
1: rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> No, you, you, it, it, the thing is... Did it, you feel you, like he
3: was... A, oh, I, I mean, player, he, yeah. he,
1: was, he was, well, he, he was the all-time best goalkeeper in the world. And you were. And you were. That
2: you, you I mean, means a lot coming from you. <laughs> I know. Well, no, because it's the truth, Pete. You know, you, you this keep, is from the guy, right? This is from <laughs> the guy... <laughs> This is from the guy it, it, we played awesome we lost one nil here right and I'm up actually up again for a free kick a corner and as I run back I get a hamstring injury and I can hardly walk and with all the stops I used he's come on and then he knows and then he passed the ball back to me <laughs> and seriously it wasn't one of them so little nice it was he hammered it back to me and as he's doing it he's laughing at me <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's shocking Mason. <amazing. laughs> oh, <laughs> laughing at me <laughs> uh,
1: but no, no listen you're losing you're losing the best goalkeeper in the world and now do you replace him mm-hmm. and I think from
3: it was very difficult yeah for I non- think from
2: you leaving to Edwin coming in yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was about 12 or 13
1: no, goalkeepers
2: I, I, that have, I, I, it, I think it's a pop that. question I think I think it comes up to 18 but it's yeah it's it's goalkeeper was playing half half a game and stuff like that but but you know but then, but then from there on you go to Benfica is it sporting. you go to
1: Sporting, uh, sporting, sporting. Uh, what was that like
2: very very different and uh it was brilliant and very difficult at the yeah. same time so uh I came to a club uh, that hadn't won the championship for Quite a number of years. It's been between Benfica and Porto for eighteen years. To be honest, I wasn't really sure about it. Mm. I didn't really. If I was completely honest, I wasn't sure about. Do I want to carry on, or do I want to go into management? Yeah. You know, so I was really. But I, I decided to. Where uh, I went, I went there, and I saw nice area and everything. So I thought, okay, let, yeah. let's give it a go. So it took a very very long time to to get the wording right in the contract. So it finished like three o'clock in the morning. And I was so tired and I was so worn out. I've been there all day, I've looking at houses and I was really, and the door opened, you know? And that was a, 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 a press conference, a room full of press. So I sit down there, I sit down, I'm tired and the president says, yep, we have just signed Peter Schmeichel and now we will win the championship because he wins <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, what? So I joined the club we had an Italian coach and it was, you, you told me about your Italian coach at Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing, three training sessions, very uninspiring. Everything you you, you, you aid was measured up. Mm-hmm. Every player had to eat the same amount of food. We had Kim Bata who was his right fullback. He was that tall and then me that We had the same amount of food. I was hungry all the time and <laughs> you know, it was so weird for me it, we, we had spent two days before every game, even at home in a hotel. It was just so weird. Intense. He last he lasted for four games and then he got sacked and this guy, Inacio, came in and he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And we you know, a long story short, we ended up winning the championship, which was, you know, an incredible thing to have been part of because for eighteen years, these passionate people had never seen a trophy, mm. and now they had this trophy. It was just—I mean—you you, experienced that, and it was such a such a high, which justified the whole move. And then everything blew up in the next season because now they—and and this is kind of the mentality—they thought they could win the Champions League because now they won the uh, the the league, and now because Porto could win, then we can win. And you know, they haven't got the patience, and uh, they, they're very quick in. Uh, so, so, of course, it, it ended up uh, our coach being sacked after losing 3-0 to uh, Benfica. And, and it was Mourinho was the, um, the Benfica manager. And remember what he did when he came here yeah. with Porto when they scored. Down, yeah. he, he sort of ran up. Yeah. All three goals, he ran up and down to the corner, flat mm. and back, and celebrated. Uh, okay, that's he was Benfica. Guy. Mm-hmm. It was a big game. Obviously, it's the biggest game in, in Portuguese football. The next day, we sack our coach and, and Mourinho, half an hour later, he uh, he uh, he leaves the Benfica job, leaves it, quits his job, which is totally uncalled for. Uh, and the rumor was that he'd signed with us. And this is this it's divided by a street, you know. So that's half a mile between the two stadiums, and it's like this, you know. It, they are the two fiercest yeah. rivals in, in Portuguese football, and within like half an hour. The car park in front of the state was full. I was a demonstrating, they do not want Mourinho here. We will not have you mm. know Mourinho, we don't want him, absolutely not, no way. So, and I know for a fact that that was a contract. I know where there was a deal. That happened on the Monday, on the Tuesday, uh, our coach, Inacho comes in, everyone's off. He comes in and I said, what are you doing? I thought you guys, well, they called me back in. <laughs> So he went upstairs, came back down, he said they offered me I could be a director of football, I could be a manager and I could be coach and I said we won the championship uh, uh, with me as a coach so I I am I'm, I'm the coach again. So so they reinstated him. Well. Wow. Wow. On the Tuesday, right? On the Wednesday, and I'm not lying here, they sacked him. <laughs> and it was just a nightmare to be there. And I had an option for a third year and even though we kind of really liked being being there and living there uh, I at this point felt there uh, you know I had a knee operation I felt I was I was like a new <laughs> player again um, and and I, I wanted to come back to England so I I came back and played for Aston Villa and I really enjoyed that that was that was a nice return for me unfortunately uh, Graham Taylor was 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 the coach that took over from John Gregory who had signed me yeah. uh, he literally got rid of all of us with a little bit of a name Dean Dublin. Javi Ginola, Paul Merson and me, we all left within a fortnight of him. Uh, I got told that he wasn't going to take my option for the next year. Um, And by the way, this is like, it's just after the transfer window ended. Well, by the way, he said, uh, you're not playing anymore. Cheers. What? You're not playing. I don't want to, I don't want to be the manager that sees you go downhill. And I'm like, what? So I had four months and I didn't want to finish like that. Yeah. And that's why I had long conversations with the uh, with the manager about uh, about Man City, uh, and at the time I really wanted to to go from from being active into management. Um, I was already starting on my badges, and and I worked with Sir Alex. He was absolutely fantastic to work. I had this chaos in in Portugal, some very good, some really really bad, and I also worked with John Gregory, which I rated so highly. And I thought well, I really want to see what this guy Kevin Keegan, what's he's all about. And mm-hmm. they were in the, I went League One, and they were in the Championship, and then they got promoted in, and I was in their first Premier League season.
0: Was that a hard decision to go there? Yeah, mm. it
2: was difficult. I have to say again, what I started with was the the Northern people, I I I love the people there. They were so nice, and it was. Just, it just wasn't for me, to be honest. No. We had this game against, uh, these games against United. You know, the first one I played, uh, we won it, uh, and you know, it's even not the Gary th- Neville
0: game. Yeah, Gary
2: Neville made the mistake. Yeah, it, it even to this day kind of annoys me. Yeah, because I have to. It annoys me in the way that, you know, whenever these derbies are coming up, I have never lost a derby, and it, you know, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I won this one. I not. Okay, on the day, it was brilliant, and, you know, Sean Goder, who's a really yeah. good friend of me, scored two goals, and I'm so happy for him, And but this late, you know, so many years, after, still have to sort of talk Just about that, and you. I wasn't really, and then the game here, um, luck struck me, I got an injury in, in the warm-up. I, I, I wasn't ducking out of it, but I really did. My, I always had a back problem, and it kind of popped up at times where I didn't know it was popping up, and I just felt that, and I just knew by, from experience that uh, I shouldn't play, and I said, listen, I've got this, and I didn't play this game, and I'm, I don't want to insult any, anyone from Man City, but I'm, today I'm quite happy I didn't do that, because I came here with Aston Villa, and I have to say, I did not enjoy it. It was nice. We this we we're, were talking the day after we played derby in in the cup, and I saw Wayne yesterday playing this game, and he was trying really really yeah. hard, but I could just see in Wayne exactly the same feelings that I felt. It's just not nice, you yeah. know. You I belong to the other team, and I should never ever play against them. Okay. Um, so. So did you, did you do you actually regret playing for City? I don't think you can regret that kind of thing because there were so many other things that were good about that. Yeah, was that I could bring my kids back; they could finish yeah, at school course, from their school. Yeah. I always said I said this earlier on. I felt that I landed precisely where I needed mm-hmm. to be as as a as a human being. I was born to live here, <clears throat> so in in many ways I was coming home. And since United wasn't an option, I had the second big, be- the best option uh, at the time. Uh, so. It was a tough year. I mean, it yeah. was a tough year, and I, I, and and it, since I never went into management, I, c- I can say that in a way I regret that the basics for the decision um, never materialized in anything that I could use going forward. But then again, it could. I, I learned so much. Mm. A lot of it not very good. Some of it's good, um, and yeah. So it, it's a weird one for me. Yeah, it is.
3: What about the um, game you went to shake Gary Neville's hand in the tunnel? In the tunnel,
2: yeah. were you expecting this, that reception? This, I tell you what, I I, I kind of like him for it. I like him for yeah. it
3: because that's what you, as a team, were all about. Yeah, you? You I, I, I kind of
2: I think we touched on that as well earlier. and That you have to do everything you can for your team, um, and one thing is you put your passion in there, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean you have to look, you have to look. Very, very hard to find anyone who's got more passion for Manchester United than, than Gary Neville has. So Do you know when you look at footballers now and they're giving it high
1: fives and yeah. lovey dovey and everything in the tunnel? Yeah. Do you like that? Lovey no. dovey. I, I mean, the keepers probably will be the only one you'd yeah. shake hands and that'd be it.
2: That's another thing I really dislike as well, is is when the game's over and your team hasn't got the result yeah. that you want them to have. And you see them laughing and smiling with oh, with the opponents. I found that
0: bizarre as well.
2: Yeah, if you lose, you lose. Yeah, exactly. If, I, if I'm lose. the manager, if I was a manager for 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 players like that, that that would sit really bad with me, and I would I would try to work. Mm. It's all. I know they don't have players bars anymore. When we played, you know. It was whatever it was in the game, and you went in your own dressing room. You got chained, and you went to the bar for a drink, and then you met your your friends yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Then you could have the conversation away from the public eye. But it sits really badly with me when, when, hey, uh, a, when yeah, you, know, you haven't got your, Hey, I thought you played really bad in that game, and now you're laughing. I mean, mm. it's an insult to me, yeah, uh, because I'm a fan, and you know, I remember Rude playing at Main Road, and we'd been beat. He changed his
1: shirt with whoever it was, and he came in and Rude threw his shirt down, and he, the gaffer realised it was a state mm-hmm. shirt, and he went, "Who the f***ing <laughs> else is that shirt?" And Rude held his hand up, "Get that shirt, get back in that dressing room, and go and get, get your, your shirt. <laughs> We've just been beat." And it's exactly the same. You yeah. think, yeah. "Why would you do it? Why?" I don't get the mentality of it all. No, I I think I don't. I think you know. I know football's changed, but do you know when? You, do you know when you're, you're against? Your opponents, they're your opponents for mm-hmm. ninety minutes, ninety-three minutes, ninety-four minutes, whatever it is. To me, I hate every single one of them, and I wouldn't want to shake any hands or anything, unless I'm picking them up. I mean, just done them. But that'd be about it. <laughs> yeah. And and all that, you know, patting on the back and talking behind your hands and
2: yeah, I'm I'm, I'm it's I, so I I mean, my position, you never you were never really close to anyone. So, so yeah. you you would mark someone, so you'd be with that guy maybe for eighty yeah. minutes of the ninety. Um, I, it, I I was never next to anyone. I could never so so I as I said earlier, on, I adopted this uh, uh, very deliberate attitude of being arrogant, just looking through people. And mm. um, so when when I first came, I mean everything went really well for me in in in, uh, in the first four games, and then I made a mistake here in the fifth game. Uh, Lee Chapman scored. Uh, but in this this period, you know, I came for crosses and I was fighting with players in the air and I was coming out on the right side of all that. Uh, and this in this period, as banter always is in the dressing room, they say, ah, just wait till you meet Fash. Just, and it was Fash, Fash, yeah. Fash. So John Fash, you know. <laughs> and we, I think we had Wimbledon in like the seventh game or something like that. Away. And I'm thinking, who is this Fash? I knew who he was, but who, why, why is he so dangerous? So for me, I already had this, I wasn't acknowledging anybody and it annoyed fast so much because he was used to being able to intimidate goalkeepers and, you know, stepping on their toes and I allowed him, I allowed him and then I just went for a cross and then I made sure that if I could, you know, he would feel my presence and, um, there are two things about Fash. He intimidated everyone. He was one of these tough guys. So one one was uh, we played at Sellers Park mm-hmm. um, and there's a situation where the ball comes sort of jumping in and I have to make a decision of either going out of my box and headed away or, or wait for it. But it's only just if, if, you know, my timing is right, it's only just going to be inside the box and he's chasing it. And it's, you know, it's coming up to here. So I, I wait for it and I come up. I, I don't wait for it. I time it so I, I catch the ball right on the line and he's coming in and my foot is up like that. And I hit him here in his chest. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm just, you protecting know, yourself. protecting myself. He's coming. I a full force and he goes down like, like a, you know, he's on the ground. And I'm, I've, I've, I'm on the line. I'm looking back. He's going over there. I'm looking back. I said, oh, John, I'm really, really sorry. It's the first time I've ever spoken. I'm really sorry. I had to protect myself. And he stands up like, yeah, 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 no problem. And I I can see him, he's on the halfway and he's going like that. He's in pain, he's in pain. And then not long after that, there is a similar situation, but this time the ball's on the ground, but the advantage is with him. I mean, all he has to do now, and it's, you know, no one could blame him. is just put his foot in and he jumped over me. He never come anywhere near me again. And, and, and that was, you know, those little battles you have there. But the, the other thing with Fash was that he was this tough guy. And and remember, he had to retire due to injury. Mm-hmm. Remember how the injury came?
0: I remember. Go on.
2: Did him, he, <laughs> <Yeah. Giggsie laughs>
0: he in did in didn't he? Giggsy in a tackle,
2: in a good tackle. Yeah. Not even that last. That was it, wasn't At it? It old, yeah. old Trafford.
0: I remember that because Dad tells a story that Fash knew rang him one night when he was at Norwich before he came to United, and Dad had done a radio interview. And he was obviously playing against the crazy gang, a little bit like what you say in there. And the, com- the guy asking the question says, are you, are you intimidated? Are you scared about facing Fashionu and Mick Arthur tomorrow? And he was like, no, no, I'm not scared of anyone. And he was making it. And in then days there was no mobile yeah. phones. And mum's making his dinner on the Friday night. You, they rang the house phone. So me. we've just heard your interview and we're going to smash you around the road tomorrow. <laughs> and dad's saying, oh, could I eat my dinner? You know, you know what dad's like as well.
2: Ah oh, no, he never shied away from <laughs> no, anything. No, no. I have I probably funny why his enough, face
0: looks uh, like it does. Uh,
2: Sellers Park, because it, not only Wimbledon there it was it was Crystal Palace. It is Crystal Palace, mm. and and the thing about Sellers Park was because there's this many games being played there, and not the richest club, two clubs in the world. The pitch was always not very so good, so, and yeah. the, it was windy, and and when well, you either played Wimbledon with Fash and Winnie Jones and Mick McCarthy and all these guys. Uh, or you played Crystal Palace with um, uh, Ian Dowie, for instance. Yeah. And Ian Dowie was probably one of the hardest players you could ever play against. Yeah. But um, we, we, we played this, it's actually Wimbledon because it's Dean Halsworth. Uh, yeah, and it's it. right in the corner, right in the corner of the box. And your dad's coming up for a header and, and he comes in Touching. and he has got his elbows and he just hits him mm-hmm. with, the, with the tip of the elbow right in the forehead and it splits open, um, literally splits open. It's a gash, you know, I don't know, three inches What? <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah, him no.
0: coming home that night, I think you just dropped him off, and my mum looked at him and is there any need for you to come <laughs> back looking like that? <laughs> so, so
2: just on the story, not shying away from anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm straight away, I've got the ball. I'm like throwing it out and I'm like, get, get over here, you know, quick, 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 quick. And, and a day fever comes on. And Dave said, bro, oh, Bruzy, you're coming off. Oh, no, 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 no. Just, just, uh, just stitch it up. No, Bruzy, you're coming. And honestly, I can see the whole of his, it's Four just, head head of, it it's one, yeah. just open, split open like that. No, 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 no. Well, let's go, let's go and dressing him and just uh, get the doctor to stitch it up and we'll we put it back. No, Bruzy, you're coming off. <laughs> Your forehead is split open. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. And he, seriously, they had this argument.
3: Yeah, he, he had to come do? off. He,
2: of I can't remember which game it was, but he he actually left a game here at Old Trafford and came back ten minutes later. Yeah, with yeah. with a bandit on. He like,
0: blames the old doctor for that because it took the old doctor that long to get from the dugout all the way yeah. down to the tunnel, <laughs> and he was fuming with
2: it. Oh my God, he, he's, a <laughs> mm. he's a brave man. He's a brave man. Yeah. Being stitched up by him? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Saying, again, that's but why he looks like, like he does. You know, did, uh, I, I don't think your dad ever shied away from anything. He was, no, no. he was, he, he was, was incredible. Elated. Yeah, and and brave, really brave. One thing I remember about your dad, he said to me, he pulled me
1: to one side, and he said, "Listen, you're in good hands now," and I will never forget the words of encouragement of your dad. Hmm. It was brilliant. So good because obviously yeah. he knew that yeah. his time was coming to the end, and I was coming to United to, to replace him. But he, Bruce was absolutely—I'm not saying that because you're old, yeah—but but he was brilliant with me. He really was.
2: That's that's what when I talked about what the team is and and what my sort of mentality in terms of my role in the team uh, and what we have to do for the team—that you—it's it's such a great example f- with your dad. We um, we had a training session here. Uh, which was the last training session before we went down for the FA Cup final, and uh, he called Brucey into his little office, um, and Brucey came back like 20 minutes later, and he, he 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 got like six seven players that the manager wanted to talk to. Come, mm. manager wants to talk to you, and Brucey's still in the meeting, and um, we don't know at this point that he's not playing. Mm. So the manager says, um, I'm going to change the way we play. Because uh, he was so afraid of Steve McManaman. Oh, my God. It's the only player I've ever in my whole career here experienced that that he was very afraid of. Because he was brilliant. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he was incredible, by the way. Anyway, I want I want Phil Neville to manmark him, just follow him. And I'm like, oh, because we knew how to play. We were a very good team tactically we at the time maybe didn't have the ability to change that much Uh, but the way we played was was good enough to to compete with anyone so I'm thinking hey Segaf I think it's a really bad idea we we, every time we change we don't play well and we're playing Liverpool FA Cup fine I think we should just you know and he said no we're doing it absolutely we're doing it you know, and then he goes into a little talk about Stephen McManaman, and then Eric said, "Gaffer, I think it's a bad idea." Okay, we're not doing it then. <laughs> 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 but then your dad was in that meeting, and we didn't know at the time that he'd been told that he because he wasn't even on the bench, was he?
0: No, he thought he might have got on the bench. Yeah, I, I don't, when we I all don't got think, to Rumble, he He's been told.
2: He's been told, and that speaks volumes of your of your dad. As a as a human being, but also as as a captain, because he was club captain at yeah. the time, that he had he was big enough to uh, to still be you know be, be taking care of of, of uh, the rest of us, and yeah. it doesn't surprise no. me that he's done that to you. I yeah. said that to brilliant. you. Brilliant,
3: brilliant. The the pain of retiring, or maybe not for you, it wasn't pain for retiring. Maybe it was the right time. But you obviously were going to have that legacy with your son as well.
2: Mm. Yeah.
3: Were you moulding him and to be? You top, know. So?
2: Uh, no. I I've, I cannot take any any honor of that or any credit from that. He uh, and you you know him you you know him as a as a good friend. You still yeah. see him uh, every day. Casper is is uh, is is a very committed man. I was going to say young man, but it annoys him a little bit now because <laughs> he's thirty three years old. <laughs> but he is he's always been very committed to whatever was his thing at any given point in his life. So uh, when he first came over, it was football. Then he went, he, he wanted to be a policeman. He fluctuated and then, a lot, didn't yeah, he? When he was really young. Yeah, then it was a doctor. And and whenever he had these, these ideas, he was full on. Full costume, full uniform, full everything, <laughs> you know. Um, and then he went back to football. <clears throat> I think, um, I don't think he he really thought about being, or becoming a footballer until... He went back uh, to Denmark for one year at a school for sports, and there was this teacher there. Uh, he was he, so he's, he was obviously playing football, <clears throat> and this teacher was taking care of him and, and and kind of, without saying you're talented, you should do this, but trying to sort of mold him into to uh, to to have the 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 belief that he could actually be a footballer. So so uh, when he came back from that school, he said. I'm going to have a go, um, And then the first thing we had was a talk. You know, what am I? Am I your coach? Am I your advisor? Am, am I your dad? And what, so he said, well, you, 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 I want you to be my dad. So we made an agreement back then that if we ever talk football or his football, because we can talk football on broad yeah. line, Ever talk his football, his game, uh, he will have to come to me. And uh, it's been working. It's been, I mean, there are, you know, one or two moments in, 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 you know, it's 15, it's more, it's, Christ, it's 17 years now. Yeah. The, there's been moments where I felt, there's one, they, they want the championship, not not the Premier League, but mm-hmm. the championship with a couple of games to spare. And I, I was at the game, they wanted that, and then I'm with him at the next training session. And I, I you know, I, I say to Stauri why Casper's listening. Stauri is his goalkeeping coach. I said, "Listen, I think you should challenge him a little bit. I, I would really like Casper's starting to position to be a little bit further out, so I'm some kind of demonstrating, it. and it's completely deliberate. You know, just ignoring that Casper's there and trying yeah, to uh, uh, manipulate uh. manipulate the coach into thinking I've got a good idea here. Because, and then I make my case why, and and uh, and. Uh, but that's that's." Just about the only time I've ever sort of been directly in with something. Other than that, he he's used me as a sounding board, and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sure that you you must have had the same with your dad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a little bit different when I played for my dad, but we had good educations. I were when, when I look back to when we were young, we had a, we lived in a great place, and that's all we did really. Mm-hmm. As you touched on before, you get home from from school straight out in the street yeah. kicking. I was yeah. blasting balls at him constantly every night of our yeah. lives for years. And that gave us both the education, like the, yeah. the basis to go and obviously try and make it in the game. And, and then we ended up at Leeds together. Yeah, no, that's, was that's funny, so, it's so... Um, funny experience. It's incredible
2: because now uh, your, your daughter and my granddaughter are yeah. classmates. Yeah, Good, best pals at school. It's, it's, so, it's, it's just these, these coincidences that keeps popping mm. up. I had a phone call off your mother and she said, oh, have you heard about Alex? And I'm thinking... Christ, something's happened. What's happened to Alex? He's just signed for Leeds and Casper's signed for Leeds the, the week before. Yeah. So now, I mean, now they're going to be teammates. Casper's actually going to be playing behind Alex. So here we got history repeating itself. It's Incredible. so weird, you know? At
0: yeah. United's rivals as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. the thing was? They At had Leeds off any place. Yeah, no. And they had a chant where we were playing one day and they were chanting and it was a terrible chant. And it was, Your dad's a bleeps, but yeah. you two are all right. Yeah. And I said to Casper, I said, just ignore it, Casper. Just get on with it. You know, Casper's yeah. like he's turned around to the revy and then he's got his arms <laughs> out. <laughs> like, yeah, it
2: wasn't nice. I, I um that I was I was at the first game and it was really not nice. Mm. I, I, and I, you know, it, it's the only sort of bad experience that I've ever had was there. Yeah, I remember we lost one. We lost the game. Well, in that game, we lost one nil. I came out with all, you know, the club suit and you know. Started to sign autographs and someone came from behind and spat me right yeah, in my face. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in right in my back. face. And he was in handcuffs within, you know, five yeah. seconds, but he still had, you know, I've just it was so humiliating. I remember
0: him. signing for Leeds, Casper would tell you I had a little bit of red on my boots. Yeah. And you were like, You're gonna have to can't wear that red. I was just why some Man United colours. Yeah. I rem- I should have known then that <laughs> this this is, this could be a problem here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Peter, if you had to recommend somebody for our podcast, one of your ex-teammates, who would that be? Or it doesn't have to be a teammate; It could be somebody that a coach ah. that you had here, or.
2: that no, Fergus, obviously. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, trying that S- one. S-
2: Do you have to call him Sir Alex? You call him whatever well,
1: the the you boss. want. Now. He's not your boss.
2: The boss. Yeah. He's he's um, that would be very interesting. So who you've 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 got? Obviously, a source score an Eric, you've already had. Uh, Don Pale. Dennis. Yes
1: yeah done done Bex Dennis Bex we try to sort out yeah that'd be nice Gigsy. Gigsy, yeah
3: but for you personally who would we don't want somebody grow. who talks
1: for three hours like, like you yeah, right? know. not far off oh, Christ
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so Alex for sure yeah um, yeah that, that will be longer than three hours and it should be
3: yeah, that could that could go on for weeks, that
2: one.
3: <laughs> um, when you look out in the pets just finally, what what does this club still mean to you?
2: This is um this is a place where I've I've been emotional about this place since I can remember. Um and it it still affects me, good or bad, on how the team is doing. Um and I think, you know, I will take that to the grave. I've had it's a weird thing. I have this other team now which is where my son is and it's it, at the moment it's Leicester. Um, and and I'm, I know that it doesn't matter. If he goes somewhere else it's also going to do that to me. Mm-hmm. And it actually I want, I say this because it provoked the weirdest feeling the other day. Um, they lost at home to Norwich. No way to Norwich, sorry, Friday night. And uh, I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed with certain players on the pitch the typical one where they buy into the media hype and, and then mm-hmm. straight away you, you see their performances, they, they dip and they're not doing what took them to the media yep. hype yep. for the team. And when I woke up Saturday morning, I felt that I'd been in the match and then I, I had lost. And it's mm-hmm. the first time I had this feeling. So I will always have this where my son is. And it's so weird to, to find yourself in those kind of moments, if you like, because my passion in football has always been here even when I played for Bromby, even you know it's I remember this I I said I've seen I've I've seen Sir Alex, I've never I ever met him when I said that we were in we were in spain we were pre-season training they were sort of it was this year with the fa cup mm-hmm. uh, won the fa cup <clears throat> and your dad was there as well and they they took priority on the pitch so we we were training after them and we were on the pitch and and but I, I left. I mean, I left for training like an hour, an hour and a half before everyone. And I was hiding behind the trees, watching them train. And this is my team. I was, I was in that hotel, so I met met some of the players or yeah. whoever had the badge here in the lobby. I would say hi, and if they said hi back, it was big. I was in, and, yeah, I was yeah. my, and and I've had this in my system, and and that's gonna go on till the day I die. But it's weird also to have this with another team.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So maybe we should combine it. <laughs> I mean, it's just a good idea, you know. <laughs> Bring Casper. Bring Casper. Bring Casper.
0: Easy just to sign him, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah.
3: Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, pleasure so, you. so much. Yeah. Brilliant that. What a podcast! Did you enjoy that one, Mason? I did.
1: Yes, yes. It was um, very enjoyable. It Some was. great stories. Things that, you know, you just don't you don't hear. That, mm-hmm. that that's that's a good thing about doing his podcast, that you get the, the story from Pete of him growing up, coming to the biggest club in the world. And yeah, just a really good podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it.
3: Did you enjoy that one too, Alex?
0: Yeah, obviously nice to hear some from stories from such a Manchester United legend, so I'm sure it'll be a good listen. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, it really was indeed. Uh, That is all we've got time for this week. Uh, We will be back next week with another episode, so make sure you're subscribed so you receive that as soon as it is available. If you're new to the podcasts, then why not go back and listen to all the amazing episodes in our back catalogue. If there's anyone you would like to hear from in future episodes, you can get in touch, United Podcast at manunited.co.uk. That is utd podcast at manunited.co.uk. That address is in the show notes if you need it. And as always, we would really appreciate it if you could rate and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We will see you next time. Bye for now.